We straight turning out pods. Ain't that right, Grace Ann? Yeah. We straight churning. Got you guys another fantastic pod for you guys to listen to. Super excited for you to sit down, take your time. Hopefully you're eating something, drinking something, or just spending the work hours listening to it because it's great. It's fantastic. It's good for your ears. It's good for your head, and it's good for the league because content creates culture. You know that. I know that. We know that. It's amazing. And we've got the likes of Eric J on the pod. Woot woot. Eric J coming in here, giving us a great analysis of week six, the great convergence, titling it as all the teams kind of went inward in the competitive hunts for playoffs making for a fantastic playoff environment down the stretch. Really excited for you guys to listen to that, as well as bringing in some of his GE analytics skills for big data. There's a segment in there where I kind of split it apart as we get into the big data side of it. I would recommend that you take a break, re-boggle your mind, and buckle up because the data doesn't lie, and we've got some great analytics there, followed by a treat for all of you guys, especially Isaac Meisner, as he did request that we maybe put a cold case file music on. I've got that snippet in there. I get to discuss with Tizver the trade that happened between him and Mark. I know that Mark's excited to listen to it. I know that Tiz was excited to get it off of his chest. Excited for you guys to listen to that. We also dive into his matchup this week as he faces like Warford and his team. How is he feeling about that matchup? What are the matchups that he likes? All those details and more to come with great, amazing officer, investigator, Alex Tisver on the scene. So I think you guys are going to love it. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it. So buckle up. It's a, it's a wild ride out there on this pod, and uh, I know you're going to be ready for it. You're conditioned for it. Here we go. Do not talk about Fight I always do, so I will be testing now, and my test is going to be in a British accent. So, uh, Aide a- a- Johnson here with us. Would you like a like a like a swig of my bourbon? Swig of my bourbon. <laughs> Not very good bourbon, but it's bourbon nonetheless. <laughs> was that British or was that like? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, it sounded like one of the dudes from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> like in the nights before me. Yeah, in the nights before me. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, it's good. The largest tree in the forest with Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm pretty sure I saw that. It's on. Uh, it's available on Netflix or something like that. But that's. Oh, uh, it is. That's a great that's a great little warm-up. Hold on, let me listen to it. All right, as you guys have probably listened so far, uh, I am here with Eric J., the man, the myth, the legend, Eric Johnson. So happy to have you on the pod. How you doing, man? What do you do, baby? What do you do, baby? We're very excited to be here. Yeah, we're actually we're, we're really excited because we're going to discuss what, uh, what week six was in a nutshell. I think that you guys are really going to dig it, but we've got a title for it. And I'm going to give Eric the privilege of oh, announcing wow. what the what this week six has done to the league. What would you call week six, Eric J? Oh, if 
I had to call week six something, I believe we're going to call this the great convergence. Yeah, absolutely. Dun, 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 dun. As, as we catalog and as we can, you know, look back on these year, on this, uh, this year, this year yeah. for the league down absolutely. the road, that's what it'll be known as, the great convergence. And for those of you who need a detailed uh, synopsis of what the great convergence means, it means that there was a plethora of teams that instead of polarizing themselves from the rest of the league, a.k.a. myself, Evan Shacklett, from dropping from a 1-5 team, moving into a 2-4 and four team, you can see the natural progression of the league, instead of drifting apart in isolation to the top-tier teams and the lower-tier teams, we've actually moved closer together, creating what would be a, a puddle effect um, in the center of the league where there's just a great convergence of teams fighting for what is going to end up being that fifth and sixth playoff spot. So the bigger this the center of this league is, honestly, the more competitive and driven everyone should be throughout these weeks, is what I would say. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, high level, I think all the teams that needed a win this week basically got it. Anyone who was really getting their backs pushed up against the wall, whether it was you, got, you and Evan – yeah. Uh, with only one win or even the teams only had two wins pretty much everyone got it and I think it also speaks to the talent in the league I mean unless you're playing Mark there's no easy wins out here <laughs> you gotta fight every even the teams who we've been trashing Evan and yourself the teams that we trashed early I mean I was just a victim of it catching the L this week right you know no wins don't come easy in a league this talented yeah. um so uh, it's it's good to see in a sense that because that's the kind of league you want to build. Yeah. So I'm a supporter of the Great Convergence, even though as a part of it that converged from a higher position and converged down to the middle of the pack, it's not true. an ideal situation. But nonetheless, it's true. It's, true. it's uh, uh, I was I was going to try to draw a Monty Python um, reference right then and there. I mean, it's as <laughs> if it's as if the top tier teams are looking down on these teams and they're saying, "Listen, I've cut off your arms." I've cut off your legs, and you're still wanting to fight and bite my kneecaps off. And listen, I think it's funny. I think it's good humor, but I think you're right, Eric. I think that we've got a really good, balanced team. And I think that it would have been a shame if the league had gone in that polarized direction because, like, what? Are we just going to lay down and die? No chance. We're only in week six. I'm going to fight, and uh, and you're right. I think we, we saw a lot of teams fight and show a little bit of that grit. A little bit of that grit. Absolutely. So, with that being said, we're going to start at the low tiers of the league. Um yeah, I don't know. The the Great Convergence, here we are again. So we're going to start with, obviously, we can say a few words on Mark if you would like to. Uh, we'll yeah, um, yeah, the word on Mark, I mean, everyone converged, and then you've got some teams up top who have kind of distanced, and then you've got one team down below who is just absolutely pitiful. And we're going to yeah, get yeah. into a big data section yeah. here at the end to break down some analytics in which we'll highlight some of the analytic data behind Mark's current situation. Right. Um, I, I mean, he's been the victim of some misfortune. There's no, the data will show that he has been the victim of some unluck, unluckiness, sure. which we all have, but to a degree, um, much more severe than anyone else, but mm-hmm. he is also just a pretty trash team. Yeah. So you could only, I mean, he converged with himself all the way to the bottom. Mark just out there, just, just eating so, himself. Just, just, yeah. We're, yeah. we're not going to spend any time there only to say that if you're the team that gives Mark his first win, that's going to be pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Absolutely. But someone's going to do it. I mean, he's going to, yeah. You like to think he's going to win. He's going to win a game for sure. 
Um, yeah, I mean, even Luke ended up winning a couple games last year, right? All right, I was his, I was his first his first win. So hopefully, yeah. I can avoid Mark. I don't know if the if the stars align, maybe Mark. But we'll move on to the two and four teams, and we'll start with me, so I can just get myself out of the way here. Uh, I, I will say the power rankings were great, and in reference to my team, honestly, it was the first time I think I've been ranked in the bottom half of the league in the power rankings, but yet felt encouraged. Reading the power rankings because the power rankings did note that there was a big trade between me and Cook that honestly really tilted in my favor this week. And I think that's a combination of a few things. Selling Cup as his highest point value and him dropping a dud this week was what makes that trade look so bad. But the reality is it's not if Cup can stay in form. But he did drop Chris Thompson. He did use Greg Olson for a 7.4 outing, which wasn't terrible for a tight end spot. And then Carson Wentz did have a good game. So there's a lot of things lobbying in my way to say that this trade was an absolute – it was just uneven in my favor. But I think long-term we'll see what really happens. But this week I was lucky to have those pieces as Chris Carson laid 28, uh, 27.3 on Eric, and I needed him to do that with Russell Wilson having a great game like he did. Uh Carry on Johnson and Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman found the end zone to kind of save what probably would have been a not great outing, but I'm keeping my eye on Tevin Coleman. But yeah, these pieces like Carry on Johnson and Golden Tate having that week. Again, Sterling Shepard was out. Uh, Evan Ingram was out. I mean, everything, Saquon was out. Everything was pointing to someone's going to get these touches, and he's a veteran coming off of suspension. So that's what it was. Jared Cook was a great plug for me. I didn't know what else to expect from him than just, I don't know, bread. <laughs> and I drafted Jared Cook and held on to him for who knows how long before finally cutting his weak ass loose. Yeah, and then yeah. only to outbid you to pick up Everett, who I was really excited about. Only to outbid you for him on the wire, get him yeah. for myself, and then watch you pick up Cook and him score a touchdown and be my tight end by like 10 points. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess this like, is the thing is that, I don't know, there's – I don't know. There's not any data that I've got other than I went down the most available tight end line, and I was just like, I don't know who, what quarterback I trust any at all. So I just kept going down, and he was like somewhere in like the. I mean, he's a pap show, and I'm I traded him to Tiz for eight five dollars, but. 12th, 13th position in the tight end stuff that I was just like, I guess I trust Teddy if he's going to free it up and they're going to have to spy on him. Maybe he'll find a tight end. So I plugged him in, but definitely not uh, not a great, not the most fantastic play. Just got lucky there. And then Diggs with a 40.2. That's all it takes sometimes. Diggs was, the, Diggs was the play of the week. There was plenty Gosh, of opportunities Diggs, just for... Just killing me. Yeah, plenty of opportunities for me to drop Diggs. And actually, Connor offered me up a trade for Malcolm Brown for Latavius Murray so that I could use a running back in my flex, which usually I would agree is a great play because Ty Gurley was going to be out. But like I told Connor, I didn't believe in Malcolm Brown. I don't think I do, and he was going up against a tough Ram or a tough 49ers defense. So I literally told Connor, I don't think Malcolm Brown's going to score 10 points. You would have lost. Yeah, exactly. I would have lost, and I did. I will say not so much great intuition by me as much as Diggs is one of those players that is going to screw you this whole entire season because he's good enough that he deserves a start because he's a bottom wide receiver two outing, so you want to put him in no matter what. But then because you put him in, if he doesn't produce, he's just going to screw you. So it's like I had to play him in my flex because that's as low. Oh, you sure freaking screwed me. Yeah, so so yeah, anyways, Diggs got the 40.2 outing. Hopefully he can turn it around for the season and continue to produce. Not like that, but at least half of that would be nice. 
And uh, and yeah, the rest of my team did halfway decent. I think another big piece to my team moving up was the Hunter Henry mark. I saw some stats and some news about Hunter Henry getting ready for practice, so I figured I'd throw a bid at him before the game started. And it looked to pay off for me. So I, uh, I'm happy with that. My team's on the rise. So this win was a culmination of not only my team rising, but having having digs in there is probably what yeah. what added a lot to it. Is Absolutely. there anything from anything from yeah. your end that you saw? I mean, it was, a t- it was a tough loss for me to swallow, for sure. Was looking real good for most of it. I mean, I can't... We were I hanging out at the theme and, park together. I mean, that, that was the yeah, hardest part. Right there, <laughs> which was probably good because I wasn't checking my phone that much. Right. So it kind of kept, kept me engaged throughout the day at right. Kings Island. Great trip. Um, but I can't... I mean, 135, that's a great score. Like, third highest in the league, I think, this week. Yep. Helped me close the gap in points scored. I can't fault my team for scoring 135. When someone puts up 40, I mean, you're going to have a tough time overcoming that. So I, I think that's what, what made me feel okay about it. Just caught you on your best week, highest score in yep. the league this week, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, uh, highest scoring league. Just caught a bad one. So I'm not too upset. What's crazy, though, is it was almost I was doing the math. I was doing the math on if I would have kept Cook and let you pick up Everett, would I have won? And you would have still beat me by point seven. Point seven? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. One forty four point eight to one forty four point one. If I still had Cook in my life and you picked up Everett as your play, so uh, I still would have lost. So that makes me feel okay. <laughs> wow. But it would have been seven. Point seven. <laughs> would have been tight. Wow. Um. Yeah, that's uh, it's super interesting. But as as we were as we were talking about with the great convergence, what could have been was me in a record of one and five, and yeah. I mean, it's, and me uh, in a record of four and two, yes. and more atop and feeling a lot better. All right. But instead so, of us both going to polar ends, almost we both came to now where we're both sitting closer in the middle. Obviously, three and three, a little bit better than two and four, but still both in the playoff hunt and right. alive in that great pool that we talked about. So yeah, the, a swing, a swing in that would have would make the league have looked quite different, even just in our game. Yeah, absolutely. Do you? Uh, I look at your crazy. lineup and I see Russell obviously performing well. And when you honestly, I was nervous when I was looking for a matchup because I saw a thirty-six point outing, a twenty-six point outing, a twenty-seven <laughs> right. point outing. Right. It's like my top people were balling. Mike Evans even did well with sixteen points, and uh, and then. I mean, Duke Johnson got a touchdown to get him 12.9. It's just yeah. crazy how you're right. As soon as someone explodes in a league, it's like there's there's no yeah. clawing back. So I guess what I will say is that your wide receiver position with Jarvis uh, looks a little thin. You said that you were, you were thinking about uh, you needed some pieces. Do you want to tell the league the pieces that you need at that wide receiver position? Yeah, I feel like I need a wide receiver. Um, it's just tough times out here. Um, Ty, Tyrell Williams still looks questionable Don't know if he's going to play I got Robbie Anderson Who's had a great week this week Scored 21 So maybe he'll be better with Darnold back in But that's kind of boomer bust I got Evans on bye this week oh, right? And I think Evans and Landry are on bye this week Yeah yeah. Yep. So I'm just in this week It's tough times out here Yeah. So I picked up Cole Beasley off the wire Let's um, see what happens with that Not you know, which he's had, he's had some decent weeks, a, lot, a decently high floor because he's their receiver, mm-hmm. like their number one receiver, basically. But 
not going to get me, you know, I'm not anticipating him to get me very much, but maybe he can at least hold it down a little bit, give me 8 to 12, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. So, it's just tough. I would love to get a receiver to help me fill in here, but unfortunately, I don't have a lot to offer other than my big my big pieces up top, so I don't have a lot of right. good trade assets. To but see Devontae Freeman to go off like, like that was good. unfavorable for your team to help <laughs> me out, I'm wide open to that kind of deal. I'm wide open. That's good. <laughs> But yeah, so that was our matchup, and uh, and yeah, the great convergence rang true in that matchup as well. So we go over to Evan Shacklett's matchup in week six, and he played the likes of. Let me pull it up here. I want to want to make sure I got it right. He Gosh. played the likes of Cook. Gosh. And again, you see Evan get that win. You hate to see <laughs> that. Yeah, hate to see that. Honestly, uh, at the beginning of the Kings Island trip, we were talking about the Evan and Shacklett and Cook matchup, and it looked like Cook was going to come away with a win. Little did we know that sleeper picks will screw you left and right because we looked at it. We saw the defense coming on strong for uh, for Absolutely. two Coopers, one cup, and, yeah, it didn't it didn't pan out as well. And, that's again, it's okay because it's a great convergence. It's exactly what is going to ring true in most of these matchups. But... Did you uh, did you see or I guess are there any notable things besides Shacklett with his back against the wall putting up 142 points with I mean made some trades too if if you if you want to be I don't know super observant uh, observant of what he did right prior to game time was he made sure that hey there's no pieces sleeping on the bench for me I'm putting it all out there this is all or nothing so you can at least commend him for that right Eric J. Oh, yeah. I can absolutely commend some of those moves. I think he was doing the right thing. Um, back against the wall, I mean, you're going to end up 1-5. and five. You're basically out. I mean, you experienced the same thing. But right. at that point, you're basically out of the playoff race. And so to, to go up against the team that had been sitting at number one and deliver like that, Evan's got to be feeling good, which I think some of that was good good management. I mean, he had yeah. that surplus RBs that he was trying to move, especially the ones that were questionable. Um, and I think he made some good plays because you got to play to win that week. Right. And that's what he was doing. Do you think so you I, could, I agree with his tactics. Sorry, do you think um, that you could have parted with, uh, with Alvin Kamara like he did? I know it's do hard. Do you should have? Well, do you think that you could have gotten there? With your with your rep. yeah, if I were in his situation, because you got to win that week, and Kamara right. was questionable, they didn't know if he was going to play. What did he end up producing? Do we know? Um, so he traded him to eleven. Eleven. So yeah, I guess it wasn't. I mean, uh, I think he still would have won, maybe regardless, but it was the right play, and he got him more points for sure this week. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. I agree. Um, would also point out that. Um, Derrick Henry with his biggest dub, uh, bust of the season, only five points, 15 carries for 28 yards. Jumped off that ship. Yeah, boy. So feeling pretty good about the wow. Derrick Henry right now. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Where uh, Freeman should put up like 20-something for me this yes, week. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I would uh, I would give you a high five, virtual high five, because, yep. yeah, I dumped Cup. You dumped, <laughs> you dumped Henry, and it's worked out for us for this week. So we'll see how that trend yep. continues the rest yep. of this. But, yeah. A little bit. I mean, we had Cook on a pedestal for a long we time. Sure so two-game slide, and he's looking more like one of the guys now. Right, you know? right, just one like of the boys. One of these dudes. You ain't my boss no more, <laughs> homie. Right down here with me. Welcome to the club. Undercover boss Alex Cook coming Undercover in for an absolutely Cook. grinding session. <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. So I mean, I mean, Cook still has. Uh, 
some good points scored. I think he's still second in the league in points scored, so certainly does not look at his team as trash or anything like that. But he's a lot closer in points scored to some of the people right on his heels, some of the people right below him. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you think? Are you? What do you think? Do you think this slide is going to continue as I play? I mean, it'll be big when I'm playing Cook this coming week. Do you, are we going to continue to see this slide, or is he going to come out? He's going to beat me. He's going to be five and two, and then it's just going to be the same narrative it's been all year. Five and two, great team, but one of the two teams in the league move on I think that with y'all's matchup we're going to begin to see and we can me and you can digest this later or maybe in a future pod but we're going to see buys start to take their true hit because I think it's super important again Evan Shacklett will go off of him in this circumstance acknowledging I've got buys and they're the stars of my team, but I've got to do something now. And, it, and I'm not saying that you need to, at 4-2, and two, need to throw everything off the ship for – you don't need to be parting with playoff pieces now just for a win this week. I understand that. But if your bye week comes up on a star running back that usually averages you 15 points or something like that, then you really do have to consider – if they're averaging 15 and they have the potential to blow off the ceiling, I do think that there's moves. And I guess I look at Cook's team and I say, with the buys coming on his team, let's look into week uh, week seven with Cook. He's going up against, or I'm sorry, week, let's see, let me pull it up here. Week seven, Cook is going against yes, you, and he's got... He's got Odell on buy. Yeah, I guess Odell. And I so, think that's really it. One of those, well, I guess one but of those. He's got pieces. Amari Cooper and Cooper Cup, so he doesn't even really need Odell Beckham. Okay, so I guess that's true. I guess, I don't know. I would just say with his team, yeah, he's solid, but I guess buys I'm are the gonna, one who's hurting on buys. Yeah, so you got to, so maybe on your end, you've got to figure right. out how best to move lineup or, I don't know, because I was tempted to trade Jacobs for my off week, but I decided to keep him in the barrel and see if you could just get it done with good matchups. So I don't know what's favorable yeah. or what's not, but. Regardless, I think that Cook's team is solid for the most part. I think when I look at his team, he's got average to – yeah, he's got mostly average matchups, and it's whether or not you believe in those players to outproduce. And as we're looking at the numbers that Connor was bringing up, I don't know how often they actually outproduce their numbers. So yeah, we'll see. We think it's interesting, but I think Cook's has got a solid team, and we'll see if he can uh, – I just don't want him to outmanage. I don't want him to manage him, himself out of the conversation. So don't overthink it, Cook. Just be you, man. Just be you. Good advice. All don't right? manage yourself out of a playoff spot. We've all been there, right? Just don't do that. Don't You're do feeling that. good. You, you, you hit the panic button. You get a little nervous. You start making trades. Then before you know it, group message is blowing up. Rape, rape, rape. You're like, oh, my God, did I just make a terrible trade? Turns out you did. <laughs> Turns you out you did. You're screwed. You go on a two- or three-game slide, and your season's over. Yeah. You just... Yourself. Yeah, on. absolutely. You just... So I think that advice is uh, pertinent. I think Cook's team is real strong. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a tough win for me this week. I mean, I'm going to need people to, yeah. to go above and beyond for me and produce if I'm going to get this win, or just need his team to kind of bottom out. So yeah. going to be tough, but yeah, I would agree. Don't, don't. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button at all for right. Cook. I think he just needs to stay the course, keep his solid team, keep his head down, head down, keep it going. That's right. And so that brings us into the conversation for the three and three teams. A lot of people that could have been at four and two, but instead are three and three. We'll start with your team, Eric. Uh, with our matchup, obviously we discussed it a little bit. Is there any other notes that you want to make about your trend and how your team is shaping up? Obviously, you're a great general manager, but want to know what we're hearing inside the locker room. Yeah, three game slide. Uh, morale's definitely <laughs> taking a hit. <laughs> Started off three and zero. We were real high. Uh, we 
successfully managed through uh, sexual assault allegations yeah. and other that things that plagued yeah. our team. <laughs> we moved on from that. We were feeling good, but it does bear the question. You know, ever since those you know allegations and the loss, we have been on a slide. Mm. So mm. morale is definitely taking a hit, but the team is still encouraged by a strong performance this week. You know, moral victory, right. if sure. you will. You hear coaches say that. Yeah. So we're trying to take the positives. We know we've got a big game this week, but we still very much feel we're in the hunt and are still putting our best foot forward. No panic button yet, but obviously three game slide tough hurts hurts every week a little bit more tough if we go on a four game losing streak i mean we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to get a written report for the general manager out there yep yep the from the desk of everyday russell will definitely be submitting something if we go on a four day slide it's gonna bear i mean the press is gonna want it the people are gonna want it so we're gonna have to lay out exactly what's going on maybe some people are gonna have to be fired not you know we're not sure we're not firing anybody yet but we may have to look to Woo. move on from some pieces um if that's the case people starting to sweat sweat in that management office there uh yeah yeah that's good people good are on that. that the seat the seat's not hot but it's warming up warming up warming up i love it it's I, warming I, up. I mean honestly as it gets chilly outside here in kentucky uh, you know, you gotta have seat warmers. You gotta have seat warmers. Okay, so as it's in the pot, it's cold outside, but it's <laughs> hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot in here. Um, also, throwing out Kentucky, it's a little bit of chilly weather. Want to shout out to all of our listeners in Ohio, in Caterham, England, in all of our locations, because I can't believe that we've got listeners in these areas. But boy, howdy, I'm excited about it. Stay warm, bundle up, and keep listening to our podcast. Love you all. International support. Woo woo. Um, I have already added to my LinkedIn. Started and hosted a globally a global podcast, worldwide a podcast with worldwide reach. Yeah, absolutely. You know, shouts out to Anchor. Shouts out to all the systems that we use, GarageBand, etc. So let's move on to Connor then with his three and three performance, laying an absolute. A dud against Isaac Connor with James. two games Isaac. below 100 already this year. My team hasn't gone below 100 once. Wow. Wow, would you look at that? I'm triple digit. I'm triple digit steady over here. We okay. stay eating in those three Franklin we about that two digit That's amazing. And uh, and Connor dropping two. Dropping just showing that there's there's volatility in his team. There's there's Absolutely. a lot of volatility and you can you can reach highs. That's great. If you can reach a high, good for you. But can you do it consistently? That's the real testament here. So with the ninety five point adding, not gonna be able to to outswipe Isaac J. Meisner from the dub that also brings him up from the two three category into the three and three threshold. So did you see anything in that matchup that maybe we could discuss or maybe do you have questions about the Connor Fulkerson organization? Uh, I don't think it's time to hit panic. I mean, Jared Goff scored two points, two and a half. That's Did probably he really? going to happen every. Yes, Jared Goff put up a fifty-two and a half. So if he's even getting a little bit more projection there, he's back in the triple digits. He's right in the thick of it. I mean, he lost by what twenty-three points, so he would have needed twenty-five out of Goff or more to win. But I don't think it's time to panic. I mean, just a real bad bust week from Goff there. I think is the main story. Um, and Isaac had a, a fairly solid week at 118, nothing crazy, but uh, um, he got a really huge week from Cousins, who threw for four tutties, and he got 37 points. Yeah. Um, Eckler and Breda didn't look good. Um, Kittle did pretty well. So really nothing crazy from Isaac outside of just a really good Cousins. So even inside of this, I mean, I still, I mean, Isaac's team has looked better with the 3-3 three and three record, but as we'll dive into a little bit later, I think looking at points four and things like that, I think Connor's still got a much stronger team overall. Yeah. Um, 
if we're trying to splice out in this great convergence who's almost like you know, who's pretenders, who's contenders, or where, you know, what this week made me think. I still think Connor's the stronger team and one of the stronger teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's notable for the matchup to see that he had Thielen with Cousins uh, for mm-hmm. what is what we call match matchup insurance. And that didn't – I mean, it just goes to show that you can have a quarterback really like really blow one out. And then yeah. both of them succeeded. I mean, 14.8, you can be happy with that. He might have underperformed, yeah. sure. But for Kirk Cousins to be able to dominate and for that not to – I don't know, not to increase Connor's score that much is actually worth noting for all you people out there who want to place wide receivers in conjunction with the opposing quarterback on the on the other team. I just think it's good mm-hmm. to – it's good to show that, yeah, 14-point outing by Thielen, but, yeah, you can still drop almost a 40-piece with your quarterback. So, worth noting for schemes. Eckler continues to not produce the way that we kind of anticipated. Well, there was just a bunch a – bun- it was just a tough matchup, honestly, with the Chargers in them. It was kind of weird because yeah, Melvin didn't do Gordon, well. Melvin Gordon didn't produce yeah. either. So, it's, uh, it's interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on – not only the Rams offense with King Goffrey, but also with the Chargers offense with Eckler and what they're doing with Gordon. That is the topic we'll get to later as we discuss Tiz's team. But these are two three and three guys. Again, there could have been could have been a difference between in the league as far as even this matchup alone. Four and two to two and four. I'm at two and four right now. I don't love where I'm at, but I'm just looking at it and I think you can the playoff implications are are huge in these games. And I think it goes from week yeah. to week. You cannot downplay Taking an L sucks unless you're a five and one team. That's that's really yeah. it. So yeah, I mean next week, just looking forward a little bit. I mean these all these three and three teams and two and four teams now. Next week's this coming week's huge. Where it's like three and four. All right, now I'm right. getting behind the eight ball, and I gotta really grind out these wins down the backstretch to keep myself in there. Mm-hmm. Or you know you end up four and three, and you're like, okay, now I got another win. We're feeling a little bit better. I mean that feels like a starts difference. So. That, you know, where we saw the great convergence this week, maybe we start to see separation next week where those teams are probably going to be facing off. I haven't looked at all the matchups, but some right. teams are going to have four and three, some are going to have three and four. And then depending on where the streaks go from there, we could start seeing it start to deconverge right, into, nice. and start to separate itself depending on how it goes. Or it could all just stay in the, in the middle if people all end up four and four. We could be having the same conversation two weeks from now if wow. it kind of shifts and everyone ends up right around four and four and all crammed together where points four could end up being the deciding factor in a lot of playoff spots. For for content's sake, let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's just let's just hope that doesn't happen. But uh, to discuss Connor, you said he was a solid team, definitely stronger than Isaac in most aspects. But I would still describe Isaac's team as a solid team, as we haven't seen a whole lot of up and down. He's just been steady throughout the course of this league, putting together a nice three and three outing, which all of us can respect at this point in the game. So Isaac yeah. still putting together a solid uh, a solid. I guess league showing this season a solid season. We we move on to another solid piece in Sweeze. Sweeze and his matchup with Like Loves Lutz with a one thirty three point outing right under yours for the fourth highest score today. Uh, I guess in the league to secure another victory. Uh, it was kind of under the radar. Not a lot of people making noise about Luke and Patrick's yeah, matchup. I didn't hear anything about this matchup. I feel like I didn't really hear Patrick or Luke say anything. So right. I felt yeah, this matchup very much flew under the radar. Yeah, and as I look at it, I mean, it's it's worth noting that 
there's a lot of trade swirling about between me and Sweeze, and he ended up sticking with most of his pieces, even putting, uh, giving Joe Mixon the starting RB spot in hopes that maybe he might do a Diggs-esque performance, but still laying a 5.7. <laughs> yeah, a 5.7 for Joe Mixon is just not going to get it done. Are you, are you concerned? I mean, at this point, you have to be concerned, but do you see any upside left in Joe Mixon? And if you do, what kind of percentage are we dealing with here? Now, I don't want any piece of Joe Mixon. I didn't want any piece of him before the season started. I mean, the, the Bengals are trash. They're just so bad. And he's also injury prone. I don't know if he's missed. It doesn't look like he's missed any games this year, I don't think. But I feel like he was. Um, he was at least questionable at one point or had yeah. a little bit of things going on. He's been dinged up before. But even outside of that, I mean, the most points, he's, he scored double digits twice this year. Right. And one of those at 17, one of those at 13, so never anything crazy. But games of 3, 5, 9, 5, I mean, for an R, for, that's one of your top two RBs. That's not right. good. So, yeah. I mean, he's getting the touches if he stays healthy, so you're going to get something. But, I mean, that's certainly not a, a place you want. But I don't know how much trade value's there. Right. I was going to say that. Uh, it's certainly not a piece I'd be very excited about. Yeah, if you want to buy low, Mixon is a buy low now. And yeah, I would say yeah. if there's any upside to the Mixon story, it's that AJ Green will return at some point. But if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go with that twist, then might I offer just offering the house for Patrick Sweezy to just go get AJ Green because. Anything that's been a part of the Cincinnati offense thus far has not been worth having. Maybe AJ will be the spark to your team that you might, I don't know, that you might need down the Are they even going to bring know. AJ back, though? That's the question. That's, I mean, honestly, as pap as they've been, you're I mean, right. I've that's heard he's coming back like week eight, week nine, if, I think. But, like, if they're that bad, are they, are they even really going to bring him back if he's not 100%? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question coming off from the ACL. Why not just tank? Right. It's, uh, it's the great tank bowl. Did they win? In tank their- for Tua. Tank for Tua. Um, they played Baltimore. They lost to Baltimore. There was another tank battle that Isaac was giving us. You're thinking of red. You're thinking of Redskins, Dolphins. Yeah, Tankapalooza. Tankapalooza. <laughs> anyway, well, maybe we'll talk about that which later. Which the Redskins won, I believe. Did they? Okay. All right. But well, I'm not a hundred. As I look down at his team, he does have Chris Carson. He got that move, and Carson has continued to be a beast for Seattle as he gets the touches. Galladay still looks good. Uh, no touchdown there from him, but, man, that was a great game to watch. Honestly, I loved watching that game. And he does have another piece of what seems to be a sputtering offense with Robert Woods and King Goffrey and the Rams offense. Do you think the Rams offense is going to click by the end of the season, or are we just going to be left with this kind of, eh, they're going to win games and they're just going to get by? Yeah, I, mean, I think the Rams can still put up big points. I mean, we're just one week out from them battling with Tampa and sure. putting up like 40-something points. So I think they're going to be good. you got to look at the addition of Jalen Ramsey. I mean, so is their defense oh, going to be a lot better, which is going to give their offense more opportunities. Right, right. Keep them, keep them in games. So I, I, I would definitely say I'd still want the Rams offense. I still want those players, Woods, Cup. I, I, I don't think it's time to ship those guys out. I still want a piece of them. That's good. That's good. I've also got a Terry McLaurin on a part of the team. The last thing that I'm going to note on his team, he did play the Redskins, which was a great uh, a great stream play against Miami, as we were talking about earlier. But McLaurin with 24 points, 100 yards, and two tutties with that explosion, if you will, from the Redskins just putting together two touch. I mean, two touchdowns is great for them. So. Um, yeah, for him right. to catch yeah, both of them, that weekend and week out. yeah, for him to catch both of them though as a rookie, 
really, really impressive. You got to like the piece there in McLaurin. So we'll see what uh, who takes the starting spot with McLaurin and Robert Woods next week as the manager has that on his hot seat. So we'll see. We'll see. But gets a dub, goes to 3-3. Three and three. And for Luke, do you have any concerns, I guess, with his team? If I had any notes worth mentioning, I guess I would say that maybe he's on a downtrend as he's lost three out of the last four games. Are you worried? Are you concerned about Like Loves Lutz? Yeah, he's feeling probably the same pain I am, being just on that kind of slide that losing a lot of games. I mean, obviously, Shaquan being out, that hurts. Mahomes being Um, human. Yeah, yeah, Mahomes from the dub, um, Shaquan, it's it's tough. But I wouldn't be concerned. I mean, if Shaquan comes back, then he's got him, Philip Lindsay, Keenan Allen. Ridley, who I like, Cooper's been really good. Yes, Fuller kind of boomer bust, but not a bad flex. Uh, I, I, I still think his team is good. Maybe Kareem Hunt comes back and does something, right. so it's an interesting piece there. Um, the only thing I'd be worried about looking at his team is not a lot of depth right now. He does have an empty spot open, it looks like. It does have him with trades from time to time. It looks but, like Hillman was dropped off his roster recently for a uh, for a 3.6 outing, which I couldn't agree more with. But he did put Hillman in there, so I don't know what happened. But he's dropped him since then. And maybe yeah, because he just doesn't have a lot of depth. I mean, he's got Hunt, who's still suspended. He's got Gallman, who's and Saquon on his bench. That's just a backup. So I guess they'll have... But the dude he filled in is just the, the Hillman. Yeah, he's just the third RB who he dropped. So that's looking thin. And then he's got Singletary, who's just okay. So yeah. he doesn't even have a wide receiver on his bench. Yeah. So talking about buys, he, uh, I mean, I guess he's flexing one right now. But, yeah, I worry that buys may start hitting Luke in those weeks where he's got people out or how long Saquon stays out. He he might end up in a tough spot. I think on these next couple weeks break. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And to, um, I guess to move on along this three and three skid. I mean to talk about uh, Luke. He still, like I said, has a lot of solid pieces. Yeah, he's downtrending and he's sliding, but I think he's got the pieces to grip himself and get back into the conversation. We move on yeah. to Tiz, who has been about as. I would say just medium as the road as possible. Uh, there was a lot of talk about him earlier, but as I look through his season, honestly, it's it's a win, it's a loss. It's a win, it's a win, it's a loss. It's a loss, it's a win. And this guy has just been on both sides of the canvas. I mean, so to say that is just to say that he's experienced a lot of losses. He hasn't experienced very many highs. He hasn't rode the momentum of a win streak yet. He hasn't rode the momentum of a losing streak yet. So you've got to like the balance here with Tiz's team. Do you see any aspects on his team that maybe you're worried about or that you like moving forward as, as he's 3-3? Three and three? Again, the conversion uh, is, is true with Tiz as he could have gone to a, well, I guess in this situation it's not perfect, great convergen, uh, vergence scenario because Scruff was able to get the win, but uh, he moves instead of – Four and two to three and three, another three and three team. Do you see anything there? I mean, yeah, I agree with your assessment. Tiz's team just kind of been up and down. Obviously, Disley, who was looking really strong in that offense, he's torn. That's probably going to hurt my Russell Wilson value as well. But um, him being out, Melvin Gordon not producing off the jump, how we necessarily thought he was going to. Um, but I still think Tiz has a good team, and yeah, only lost by three points, basically a little over three points. Yep. So you just think about how much different, you know, it's all about narratives. Yeah. It's all about those freaking narratives and how this one little thing, they always say you win, you a win or a loss should change the whole narrative on your team. Tiz, you know, you got whatever. I'm sure there's a play in the game for Hopkins where Hopkins catches, you know, 
two more balls for, right. you know, 30, 20, 25 more yards, then he wins. And what's the narrative now? We're saying Tiz 4-2. and two. Is he one of the top teams in the league with Scruff up there? They're both at 4-2. and two. Then it feels like a, a lot more... Um, a lot more higher. I think that narrative is just uh, looking at two of the better teams saying where do these rank in terms of the top two or three teams in the league, where now we're just saying, all right, now Tiz is in the middle of the pack. Uh, is he even going to make the playoffs? And right. Griff is an elite, one of the top two teams in the league. Wow, yeah. And it just goes to show like how three weird, points, like you three said. Three points, yes. swing that. Three points the difference between being a top-tier team wow. and in the middle of the pack. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy. I hate that. I hate yeah. that. Um, that's great. That's great stuff, though. Great insight because I do think you're right. Um, I like his team. I like that Prescott has been the way that he has been. But again, as you sit three and three, as you go up, as you go down, I just would have liked to have seen from some solid pieces on his team, especially Dak. I mean, yeah, it's been hard and he's made some trades, sure. But I would have liked to have seen with the likes of Cook, the likes of Fournette, the likes of Hopkins, the like of Godwin, the number one wide receiver, that we would have put a win streak together by now. So to not have that, that to me is like, okay, what are we hitting? Is it just misfortune or is this maybe a questionable team? But all in all, I think you're right. It's not very questionable. I think it's got a, great, a lot of good pieces, and we'll see how he handles the distance situation. He offered me $8 for for the for – the, as the tight end, as we talked about earlier, Jared Cook. But – that is, uh, we'll we'll keep our eye on his team and what it looks like as he tries to go for four and three against the the likes of Luke or like Live loves Lutz. So we'll see. Man, that's gonna be a big matchup. It Luke sure versus is. two teams that have been pretty solid. That's one of those big ones, you know, that the yeah. narrative's gonna switch. And if, I guess whichever team ends up four and three, we're gonna be talking on the pod and saying contender. Looking good for plastic range of three and four. We're going to be asking the question, are we worried? Do you hit the panic button? Are you in? Are you out? Yeah. Do they need to make moves? What's yeah. trash? Like, it's 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 just crazy how that one that one game next week between them will make a huge difference in how their teams are viewed. Speaking of next week, that's the only three and three matchup, believe it or not. Really? So all these three and threes that go together, there's only one three and three that match up, and it's like Loves Lutz versus AOT Tisver, my boy. But... The only other, I guess, so yeah, because you go up against Alex Cook, Sweez goes against Scruff McGruff, and those are very polarizing you and, games. You and Evan, you and Evan are probably the you're big right. one. You're That's right. what I mean. Three and four, a big difference in two and five. Two exactly. and five, you're closer to Mark's status. Exactly. Three and four, you're in the hunt. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Like, what if, uh, what if Mark pulls out a win against Isaac next week, and he turns out to be one and six, and then obviously I'm going to beat Evan Shacklett into the ground, and now he's two and five, and there's only one right. win separating. The worst manager in the league, Evan Shacklett, with Mark, the uh, most cardiovascular uh, gifted person in the league who's going to be ready for that, uh, that suit. I would, I would contest that. <laughs> okay. I run half marathons. Okay, right. I would say I am arguably the most cardiovascularly <laughs> prepared person in this league That's for great. that contest, which, of course, I have no chance of participating in as I'm going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Elite team, elite manager. But if I did, <laughs> I am most prepared. But... Love that. Credit where it's due. Mark is also in excellent shape. Beautiful man. No shade to Mark. But that's just great. in running in particular, I'm probably best equipped. That's really good. Okay, that's great. Let me take a let, – let's take a, a little break here. We're not going to break off the pod. Eric J., don't want to surprise you too much. But want to get away from the, the analytics, if you will. We're about to get into the top tier leagues as we've discussed everybody in the lower tier. Mm-hmm. Wanted to ask, uh, wanted to ask Eric J., what are we eating for dinner tonight? 
Oh boy. What do we have for dinner? <laughs> well, trying to watch my figure a little bit. Sure. So, Cardiovascular um, giftedness. I'm going to plug in for the best thing that I have in my household. Oh wow. Courtesy of my roommate, Clinton. Clinton. is a rice cooker. Ooh. And it is so nice. We get this jasmine rice. You put a bunch in there, two scoops of rice, three scoops of water, flip that bad boy on, wait about 10 to 15 minutes, Man. got a bunch of cooked rice that I eat and then I store. I got about two or three extra servings in there to make a lot at once that I just save. Huge time saver. I love rice. I'm addicted oh. to it. Ever since I went and spent a semester abroad in Japan where I ate rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for like five months. No joke. Wow. And so I became addicted to rice and now my body craves it and I need it. And okay. so I eat a lot of rice. So uh, for dinner, I had some of that that I cooked the night before, along with some grilled chicken that okay. I had made. That's good. That's good. I've got a with few questions. With buffalo sauce, with uh, Frank's red hot buffalo sauce drizzled over the top of it, put a little heat in there. It was delicious. That's kind of my go-to standard meal. Um, although I did have two pieces of cake today at work. So as far as the watching the figure thing goes, and you're looking at the whole day, you're a little bit worried about what that <laughs> looks like. But dinner, dinner was good. That's good. That's good. But quick, um, quick plug for cake too. If you are in the market <laughs> for cakes, hit up Kroger. We got a sheet cake from Kroger for a colleague who is getting married this weekend. Shout out to Nicole. And this cake was absolute fire let me tell you it was the talk of the office i cannot walk by a cubicle without someone saying did you have that cake because it was so good it was incredible that's the best cake ever yeah, cake was awesome. cake was and so I, good. Hence why I had two pieces because I had one at the party mm. at like two o'clock. Naturally. I went and had a uh, two and a half hour basically meeting to prep for uh, a big meeting that's happening tomorrow. I went back to the where the cake was in that office area to chat with some friends towards the end of the day and um, saw there was still extra cake and just helped myself to a little <laughs> round two. So that was awesome. So if you're in the market for sheet cake, Kroger is the move. Mm. Shouts out to Shay, uh, to Kroger's Bakery, man. Absolutely. Yep, shout fire. out Kroger Bakery. Got a question here from the Herald Leader, Benjamin Pompelli. Indeed, yes. We'll take the question from uh, Ben. In reference to your rice question earlier today, when you reheat the rice, what would you say the quality of the heat-up process, what would you say that does to the rice? Is it Does it hinder its value a lot or little? I would say very little. I would say when I get this rice fresh out of the pot when I make it, I'm looking at 10 out of 10. This Mm. is the best rice. I love it. As I said, my body craves it, and I have to have it. Mm -hmm. So I eat it. I'm feeling good. I reheat it the next day, pair it with my chicken. Maybe 9 out of 10. Maybe 8 if it's been in there a couple days. 8, 8 and a half. Only a two-point drop? The reheat value does not not hurt the rice. See, that's what I'm saying because all of the microwavable rice that I've been using, when I microwave it again, when I zap it again, it's like eating. Mm -hmm. It's not hard, but it's not soft. Mm -hmm. And that's what you... See, that's because it's been microwaved twice. Right. Right? Because you microwaved it to make it. Mm -hmm. You can't double microwave because that that dries it out too much. But when you make it originally in the rice cooker, that's just such a better way to prepare the rice that then when I store when I bring it back to the microwave it hasn't been nuked improperly twice right. by the microwave and cooked and dried out it's been right it's been cooked the absolute appropriate way I, I completely understand understand I didn't have this rice cooker I yeah. used to get that Uncle Ben's and just do it in the microwave where that's already been cooked dry stored then you have to nuke it twice that's not going to get you prime rice if that's what right. you're doing you not need to get rice. that 
uncooked dry grain like I got. You pop it in there, you cook it yourself, and then you can reheat that after a couple days, and it's still going to be in prime condition. Love that. Love to hear that. I will say it reminds me, uh, Evan and Mark, two of my uh, fond fond friends from Panda Days, we would have to make endless amounts of rice. It was very important to get six cups of rice into the water quicker, cooker as soon as possible or – uh, man, I'm blanking on her name right now, but she would whip you into shape, boy. I tell you what, she told me that I washed dishes like a girl, and she also told me that I wasn't quick enough. But, man, that uh, – well, whatever. The rice was premium at Panda Express. Shouts out to them because I love them. Got to so. get rice in. Got to get two orange chicken down. Always have another always. orange chicken down. You always need to have one. Shouts out to Evan S. Tell the people on the Evan pod, Mark, you need to know too. Always have a second orange chicken down. Yes, whenever I – go to a panda, which is Gosh. not these days. When I hit up a panda and I see zero orange chicken sitting there, I look in the back and I say, these people are effing clueless. God, these I people are nuts. Nothing. They have no do. I don't even work here, but I know you should have orange chicken here <laughs> for me. Should I two down? This is nonsense. I'm furious. Yeah, absolutely. If you're in the middle of a rush hour and you don't have two to three orange chicken down, then you're bozo. You're bozo. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Yeah. So that's uh, that's our. Yeah, that's a that's an aroma for those um, looking. We'll put the link um, in the Facebook page for those looking <laughs> to purchase said rice cooker. Yeah. What's um, the average price, if is, you don't uh, mind? You know, uh, I'd love if there's any of our um, listeners across the globe who have connections to the uh, aroma company. We'd love to get them on as a sponsor of the pod. Wow. Um, wow. But that is an aroma brand rice cooker. You can nab that at Target or any of your uh, local home goods stores. Nineteen ninety nine. No. Are you serious? Twenty. Fine dollars. If you got a twenty dollar bill laying around that you're trying to get rid of, because who even carries cash anymore? Yeah. If you got that twenty dollar bill and you've been looking for a way to get rid of it, go grab yourself one of these rice cookers. It'll change the game. It's cheaper than buying those packs of rice. Yeah. It is. I will also can also tell you the rice I use, which I can't remember the name, but I can link people up to the brand of rice that I buy and cook. This jasmine rice that is fire. So. Can, can get the people eating right out here. You love to hear that. That concludes our break for the segment. Congratulations and thank you so much for those details, Eric J. Eric J. Wow. Absolutely. Um, we're going to hop right back in if you don't mind. Uh, we're talking about Cook. Talking about Cook now with his matchup in week six. He went up against the likes of Evan S and fell. Fell to the then one and four team, but now two and four team, and he moves down to a four and two uh, slump himself. Are, are you concerned about the two week loss, or are you seeing any patterns in the two weeks that he has lost in Cook's team? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like we kind of talked about it earlier, we're hitting on that, but I mean, I think it's just uh, stay the course for Cook. I mean, I don't see anything. I mean, it sucks to lose, but we're going to have those up and down weeks. I mean, he's still got some elite receivers, some really good RBs. Interesting playing Thompson over Howard, even though they both didn't really perform. Um, but he's had Mac. Mac was on bye, so again, we see some of those bye week implications. Right. Um, unable to play Marlon Mack, so they probably wouldn't have got him there against Evan in his huge performance this week, but still would have been a boom. So I, I still think Cook's one of the best teams in the league. You just keep head down, keep moving. Yeah, absolutely. I also look at his decision to play Lamar Jackson instead of uh, Stafford. Stafford's numbers against Green Bay are absolutely insane. For those of you who want yeah. to go out there and actually assess that information, it's nuts. The dude is crazy good about Green Bay. Not that Cook was faulted for playing Lamar. I think playing Lamar is a win-win situation no matter what. 
he is going to produce. But I just thought that there was a favorable matchup with Stafford with Green Bay in his history, and he resisted that and chose to play the player who is going to put up the most points. Also want to make the stat known that whoever is playing Shacklet next week your defense is going to have a good week. And Alex benefited from that this week as well. An average of the last two weeks is, I think, like 25, 26 points or something like that against Evan S. So, shouts out to whoever's playing him next week. I think it's me. Haha, the Titans or the Rams. I had the Rams it defense. You. It is you. So, Jalen Ramsey on the Rams defense, Ramsey. if I'm going to play him. Jalen Ramsey. Yes, I got it. Uh-huh. I got it. Yeah, I got More it. More like the Los Angeles Ramsey. I see. I see what you're doing. I see what you're up to. Comedy. Yeah, got absolutely. <laughs> Classic satirical effort there by by Eric J. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so we're not worried about your team. We're not we're not worried about his team. So we move on to Scruff. I'm very interested in Kev. We talked about it, so I'm very interested in Kev, and I'd be interested in talking about that. Sure, let's we'll talk about Scruff. Let's talk about Kev. You're right. I, I forgot to mention him. Big hundred, hundred. Where am I? Yeah, hundred second only to you with 150 right. points. Right. Very strong. A team sitting at five and one squeaked out a win against me. Blows Mark out of the water. Uh, how do you feel about this team and its outlooks going forward? Well, I do think that it's important to know that Mark did put up a 123, which is respectable. Not bad. Yeah, respectable in every right. Yep. But for Clearhouse Full Chubs to absolutely explode, man, Deshaun Watson is just electric. The dude can score points in bunches. It's fun to watch, and I think the Texans have a, yeah, they're, they have a really – I don't know. They've got to be happy with their quarterback situation with him being as good as he is. Nick Chubb has been phenomenal. Honestly, surprised how phenomenal he's been, but he's been phenomenal. We'll see what happens whenever the suspended Kareem Hunt comes in and starts to share time with him. If it even's gonna, if but Chubb's been so good, there's right. no way they're gonna start. I agree. Stuff. I agree, but if it works, if it works itself into a dual back system, which most of these people want to, most of the teams want to do for the sake of longevity and the running backs, legs, right. mind, all that protection stuff. But Nick Chubb's been great. Carlos Hyde was able to do have a phenomenal outing. He did fumble, but he had a phenomenal outing against Kansas City. Uh, Julio still is a prime wide receiver. I know he hasn't been putting up the numbers, but we've been through stretches with Julio where he can't find the end zone. We've been through stretches for Julio where he's not getting targeted. But listen, with Matt Ryan putting up the numbers that he's doing this season, Julio is still a prime wide receiver prospect. You keep that guy high on your wide receiver one list. Brandon Cooks, another piece of that Rams offense that we can't seem to figure out. So, whatever. Jason Witten, he let him go. He let him go, but old man still putting points up, so he still did get 8.2 points. But Four times as many points as my tight end. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Uh, And he did also play the wide receiver for Carolina, uh, Curtis Samuels, who has had a great – Season overall, he had an 11-point, a 13-point outing, and now a 21.9. Yes, with wide receivers, there's going to be some volatility there in the low 6-5-point range, but to know that you have the upside in Curtis Samuels to go and get you 20 points is nice as he moves forward. Uh, he dropped Drake, which I was telling uh, him and we had a conversation about just a complete headache. Anybody who sees him on the waiver, if you go get him, it's your headache to bear. I wouldn't recommend it. And he does also have, I guess, LaShawn McCoy that you traded to him earlier. And Allen Robinson was on by as the greatest team in the NFL did not play this week, the Chicago Bears. So we move on. He also has Waller at the tight end spot. So, yeah, see you later, Greg Olson. Uh, We got Waller in the spot. And I would probably say – uh, I don't know if Cooks has worked himself into not on the starting lineup but maybe into the flex position. But I do think that uh, Allen Robinson with his season finds him his way into the two wide receiver spot next week. So. 
Yeah, I had Allen Robinson. I would say he was a huge headache. He looked like trash for a while. He finally gave me a good week. I dumped him. Yeah. And he's had uh, he had another he had a really good week at Oakland. Um, and now he's out. So we'll see what his projections will be. I mean, Trubisky's so bad that how and much can you really trust him? But with Chase Daniels in there right. at times, good. So yeah. maybe this is the turn. Maybe that's the turnaround. This is what so. I say about Chase Daniels with my in-depth Bears analysis. Chase Daniels is not scared. He's a grown man, whereas I really do think Mitch Trubisky is so young that he still has the tendencies of looking down wide receivers, whereas Chase, even from being a second quarterback to Mitch Trubisky and having, I'm sure, plenty of scouts, plenty of coaches tell him, stop looking down your wide receivers all the way down the field. Chase has picked up as a grown man who has a child, two childs, and another one on the way. Super excited for him. um, That you can't look down wide receivers and you just need to sling the rock to the right person at the right time. He can at least do that. So, I don't know. I think it opens up the offense a little bit. So, That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, Mitch well, bitch. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, but I'm not buying a Mitch Trubisky jersey anytime soon. So, yeah. that's Kev. We'll see what he turns into next week. His decision, or uh, sorry, his matchup next week is the likes of Connor Fulkerson at 3-3 three and three versus oh, a 5-1. and one. We see another polarizing matchup. Big one. Connor going to fall to 3-4, and four, or are we going to see them lump together at that 4 three, five, two? It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a good one. We we conclude with our last piece, Scruff McGruff. He went up against A.O. Tiz, and again, not uh, a part of the great convergence by definition, but we see him advance to 5-1. and one. Do you see anything in the Mean Green Beans team that you're worried about? Any trends? Any patterns? You know, the Mean Green Beans are looking mighty fine. Um... Matt Ryan slinging the rock. I mean, I think some of Evan's analysis in the power rankings yeah. credits dude. I mean, Matt Ryan is slinging that rock like crazy. Is he going to cool off? I don't know. I mean, we've seen this before from Matt Ryan. He's had these type of seasons. Right. So, well, I don't know if you're going to get 40 points every week. I mean, is he going to be, what is he, the QB 3, 4, 5, somewhere up there on the season? Let me and if, if he maintains that pace, I mean, he's up there with Watson, Russell, Mahomes as – some of the best QBs you want on your team. So if that's so, then that's going to steady the ship um, for him through the whole season, along with the likes of Travis Kelsey, who day in, day out is elite, um, and some of his other pieces. Aaron Jones, who's been a little earnest, but has been has been good. Um, Le'Veon Bell, who the Jets are trash, but he's still getting those touches and is still a top performer. So uh, I think the, the pieces for Scruff uh, are there for sure, and I like what I see in his team a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I love the the plug play by the Carolina Panthers against Tampa Bay to get him 18 points, and then he quickly dismisses their whole entire defensive squad out the door and says, see you never. I love that play. I think that it's really wise from the Scruff organization. Absolutely. Um, And you're right. I don't know if uh, he's got great running backs with Aaron Jones and Lev Bell. Obviously, Aaron Jones didn't have a great outing, but we look for – we look for them to continue and Matty Eyes to continue to do what he's doing. Need to help need help at that wide receiver spot. I know they both dropped eggs, so it can kind of gain maybe too much attention too quickly, but he does well. We uh, we we lost Eric J. I'll be right back. So 
for those of you keeping score, we lost Eric J on the FaceTime, but I wanted to go ahead and put in my bid as to what the situation might have been. I want to say that his phone died because I think it is underrated how much FaceTime eats up your battery life. So those are my those are my bets. Uh, I, I'm definitely saying that it's a battery outage issue. If you have any bets, I'd like to give you the second to to to. To process through what could have been the situation was it connection was it battery was it was it a number of different uh, different obstacles that got in the way of Eric J's phone connection to my cell phone connection put in your bids now I'm going to give you a second all right and I'm gonna bring him back on here in just a minute and he's gonna tell us exactly what happened Eric J is back Eric what happened what happened with that uh, with that circumstance? I had no idea my phone battery that was that low. I wow. remember drinking a lot of my battery last time doing the FaceTime. Yes. But I was didn't even look at it, and then I was like, oh, before the pod, I was like, I've got to be sending like 50-something percent. Yeah. I was like, I don't my phone that much at work, and so I didn't even look at it, and then I'm in the middle of doing this type of analysis, and just we're just deep in here, and my phone just shuts off. Boom. It just out. Wow. Says, I'm, says I'm not doing it anymore. Says That's I'm great. out. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So for those of you keeping score at home, I did talk to the few of the podsters while you were gone, and I, I did. I asked them, what do you think was the connection issue with Eric J? And I made the assessment that I think it's underrated how much battery life FaceTime takes off of your phone. So I made the correct assumption. If I was a betting man, I would have won millions and millions of dollars. For those of you at home who put down your bet as a connection issue, as any other obstacle other than charger or connection issue, you guys are bankrupt. You're going to jail. <laughs> And now I'm trying to get my headphones back reconnected to my phone. Right, the Bluetooth, the FaceTime. Right. There's so many things going on here. So um, I don't know why it's telling me my headphones are connected, but they're not. Yeah, it's I, not coming through the headphones. So why are you lying to me like this? Lie. But yeah, Eric J. Everything's fine. We're back in action, and we were talking we're back about in scruff. Technical difficulties. Every podcast has it. Every podcast has it. Again, we're sorry for our great. Uh, our England listeners over in international time, obviously, every mistake we take over here is a six-hour difference for you, and I know that, that really hurts in the time lag. But uh, yeah, that's exactly how time. Right, works. right. Um, we were uh, we were listening to, or we were actually concluding on Scruff McGruff's team. I was talking about how he had a weak Roger Savior outing this week, but ultimately, we're not worried about his team. Uh, do you think that Scruff McGruff is the real? Deal. Mean green beans, are they that mean? I think they're mean. I think they're the real deal. And if we want to keep dissecting them, I'd love to get into our big data section and use this as a jumping off point to talk about some of the numbers we can use to back up Scruff being the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. If you wanna if you wanna title this Eric J, this next segment as we kind of move into it seamlessly because it does work seamlessly from this position in the in the in I guess the whole entire league. Big data. Yeah. In this session, let us try to understand what is big data. Big data basically refers to huge volume of data that cannot be stored and processed using the traditional approach. It's all about big data. That's what we're doing. I'm here to give you the big data. As one of the fellow members um, in this league who is pursuing in the corporate drone career path nice. in the finance field. You know, I'm always looking at numbers. I love numbers. I'm analyzing them. But 
what I'm always doing, what I spend hours doing today, prepping um, one of the people I support uh, for a meeting tomorrow is, what's our story? To what I'm saying, what's the story? You got to be able to look at the numbers and you got to be able to tell a story. That's what separates a good finance person from a great finance person. Anyone can pull stuff into Excel. Anyone can punch a number in and do the math. But what do the numbers mean? What story to tell you? What actions am I going to take off the data that you're showing me? So that's what we're going to attempt to do here in Big Data. We're going to break it down, get into it, and do some things. Shouts out to G&E. Wow, employing yep. this young feller. I tell you what, you yep. gotta get this guy up the ranks. I tell you what. We're doing it. We're moving up lightning fast, let me tell you. Corporate <laughs> grown senior is in our sights and we are taking <laughs> it down one step at a time. Oh, that's but, great. So I was thinking about it some today as as we talk about this great convergence, um, which is a lot based on record. And we know how fickle that can be sometimes with luck and different things. So I was thinking today, as I was drifting off in some meeting at work, just how much should I really be looking at points scored versus record when I'm trying to evaluate a team? Because obviously there's problems with record. You have bad, you know, you get lucky. You're playing people on the bad weeks. You end up with a good record, but maybe you weren't scoring that many points. There's yeah. also some inherent flaws in just points scored. You know, where you have buys. Did you have someone get hurt during a game, and that's you know messed you up by what could have been 20 points? It, it's got some flaws in itself. But I really want to do some deep dives on the points scored in our league and the points allowed, and see what the numbers were telling me and what that story. So to jump off with Scruff McGruff, and we'll parallel him to Mark. So what you're seeing with Scruff McGruff is a double whammy in the positive direction in terms of points scored and points allowed. So Scruff has the highest points scored in the league right now, which is why I think it's tough to argue he's not the real deal. 790 points scored, which equates to, let me do, I had it written down, but I want to do the math so I don't. You, another thing you don't want to do in core finance, you don't want to put numbers out there that aren't real. Wow, okay. your numbers, We're learning a lot here. I'm get, taking people notes. People get pissed. So you've got Scruff averaging 132 points per game so far. Yeah, and which we would both, both say in our league, if you get a 132-point outing by every account, I yep. mean, you're you're winning majority of those. Yep, you're, that's a good way. To give you guys a baseline, if you look at the average points scored right now in our league, it would be 722 points, which is 120 points per week. So as a baseline for all you managers out there, if you're thinking about what do I need to do on average based on what the league performance has been to get a dub, 120 is your number. You just have to put 120 in a week to be able to expect to win with any level. Now, of course, you can win with 100. You can win with 105. But if you say, I want a good expectation, you need to look at your team and say, can I walk my team to 120 points? Can I do that? If not, you can't really be expecting yourself to win without some luck on your side. Mm -hmm. So you've got Scruff there averaging 132 points per game, well above the league average, best in the league, but points allowed is only 659 against him, which comes out to 109 points per game, which is the second... as I said, the low, second lowest in the league, only to Isaac. So he's got the double positive whammy where he's averaging well above the league average, but in a league where people average 120, the people who are playing him are only average 109. Right, right. So he's he's got it on both ends. So while I, he's getting that luck, the fact that he's averaging so many points for, I think you got to say he's the real deal. Right, and that's why as he sits 5-1, and one, it's not necessarily more of a conversation as like, okay, is he the real deal or not? It's a question of... Does these numbers actually turn into wins? And obviously, in a situation where you're getting the positives on both sides, like he is, yes, it turns you into a five and one, uh, you know, king of the league, if you will, in the number one spot. 
But if we flip that and we say, okay, what in a situation opposite of this does it look like and does it actually correlate two losses, what is your information on Mark that we've got? Yes, so now you look at Mark and you see the same double whammy but just in – the negative. So in yes. points scored, Mark scored 654 so far, which is 109 points per game. So pretty like right around what people were doing against. <laughs> so it's a good compare. That's what people are doing against Griff. So basically, Griff has played Mark every week on average. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. <laughs> He's going up against right. every week right. with Mark, even, which is why it's so fun. But so Mark's only got. Uh, 109 points per game, where the people who are playing, so yes. terrible there, the people who are playing Mark have averaged 140 points per game. Best team in the league. If you took the teams that have played Mark as a roster, they would have 842 highest points for in the league by over 50 points. Yeah, so if you're, for those of you keeping score back home, if you want to be playing Mark, or if you want to be scruff playing anybody else, you want to be playing Mark because you score more points playing against Mark than you would if you were yeah. a scruff McGruff with a five win yeah. record. Basically, people playing Mark are averaging over twenty points a game more than the league average when they play him. Yeah. So, but it's the same thing with scruff. Where okay, I can't look at Mark and say where if if I say was one in five and I had that points against me. And, but I have my points scored where I've got 744 above league average. I'm at 124 points per game. Right. And I would say, okay, that's bad luck. I'm the victim of bad luck. And that's where you can use that to look at your team and say, okay, I know I've been putting up above the 120 that the league average is doing. But the people against me are scoring 140. There's nothing I can do about that. But I don't need to hit the panic button because my team produces. There's right. nothing you can do about the luck. But you just got to be able to assess if your team is putting up the kind of numbers that you need it to. Yeah. So, but in Mark's case, where he has scored so poorly, it, it doesn't even matter. You know, right. the numbers have been so bad that it's just a double whammy in the negative. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and all that to say that if he was 0-6 and, and he had, let's say, a points four in the category, maybe like 750, but he still had 842, the reality is the average of 750 versus the 842 that he would have been facing over the course of six weeks still would have probably put him with a record of 0-6, but... Obviously, at 0 and 6, you're hitting the panic button regardless, but I'm just saying he would yeah, have been. Have even one. Yeah, he would have been less to. He would have been less likely to I don't know, make any adjustments because you're still putting up an average of what, 120 plus points, 130 plus mm-hmm. points. So, mm-hmm. that is some. And I think, I think when you're looking at this data too, it's really interesting in helping us tease out the, the strengths of some of the. Um, the three and three teams right, and right. you're trying to evaluate the continues. so you look at as I've been looking at and this is why I think you know when you look at points scored this can really be helpful even just looking at the total numbers but right. bringing the averages can sometimes make it make more sense where you look at myself versus Isaac three and three record now because of points scored I'm above him in the rankings but we're both three and three right. but I'm averaging 124 points per game above league average Isaac is only averaging 113 so each week I'm averaging on beating him by 10 points. And if you look at a 10 to 11 point spread on sleeper, then you're probably at 67 to 70%. We'll say 70% to keep right. it around numbers. You're right. probably a 70% favorite if you've got an 11 point spread. I mean, obviously it'll change depending on where you're at right. in the game and who's left. But if that's just pre pre any players, you got an 11 point spread, you're probably about a 70% favorite. Yeah. So these numbers would tell me that 70% of the time I'm going up against Isaac, or I, when I'm going up against Isaac, I probably got a 70% chance to win. I should expect to win that game seven out of 10 times. I played Isaac and I lost. Yep. So <laughs> this would tell me that in that game, I 
should have won it seven out of ten times. But in this case, it was the one of the three out of ten times that Isaac was going to beat me. So it's right. another way you look to try and evaluate your team, how good they are, were they, you know, are you below what you really should be expecting to be produced, um, and evaluate that luck factor. And in the same way, the teams who are playing me are averaging 118 points per game, almost league average, yeah. a little couple points below, but basically your standard. And Isaac has the lowest points against in the league. Teams playing Isaac are only averaging 101 points. So if you're playing Isaac, get ready for your team to just launch a turn. Because he's scoring 20 points below average. So he that's where I would look at a team and say, they're very lucky to be 3-3. Three and three Because right. you're consistently below the league average in scores, but you're just having teams tank against you. So I'm looking to project that into the future. That's a team where I look and feel a bit worried, even though they're in a cluster of 3-3 three and three teams. I just don't feel as confident about them as I do Patrick or Tiz or myself or even Connor. Right. Absolutely. And I guess what I would say is for those of you who are listening to this and like, okay, this is a lot of numbers. What's the deal? It's big data. So get it through your thick skull. But also, um, no, what we're saying is that if the league average, if we can come to the league average, it was what? 108 points? 120. 120. For league. Okay, league average. So so if your points for or your points against is. Which is 722 points right now. Yeah, yeah. If, if, you're, if you're points for, so for you personally, your points for, or for your points against, if it's outside of that realm, the reality is that the golden mean is 120. So it's probably going to, over at least the course of the last six weeks, it's going to either come down to this 120 mark or it's going to increase this 120 mark if your team is good. That's also taking into consideration a lot of things with matchups, players, buys, all this stuff. But just to say that your points for should come to the median of what we have I mean, brought it down to is 120. So that's where, again, you say for these teams that are high up there in the points against category, you got to feel good for them still producing with points for, but knowing that on average the points against will come down. It will come down. So Yep, absolutely. And this is, so that's like what makes me worry about a team like Isaac. Like to your point, if you're expecting that to go up, and you start to worry about teams like um, Kev, if you're trying to assess how much of a contender Kev is. Kev teams, teams that are playing Kev are only scoring 115 compared to the league average, so Kev's definitely gotten some benefit there. Right. Um, his team's been closer in points scored. Kevin is sixth. I think Evan highlighted this in the rankings. I think Kev is sixth yeah. in the rankings right now, but has the second overall record. And you can see that where the teams that are playing him are averaging five points less on average than what you would expect to see. 115 to that 120 that we've been highlighting so that's another example where you look at and say "Mm, I'm probably expecting that to come back a little bit and I'm not you know unless there's this luck factor on you know average I'm expecting Kev to fall back a little bit that number to climb and Kev to kind of start crawling back and end up still in the playoffs but maybe closer to that four or five six not the two he sees himself in right now man look at that analysis look at that big data coming from our financial bucks boy from our financial uh, a cog in the wheel of society, if you will. Um, big shouts out to those jobs, though. Obviously, I would really love one of those. If anybody, well, I don't know if I'm going to put that on the pod. I'll take it. I'll take it out. What was your What was your What was your 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 title for your job? Uh, what's my title at work? No, 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 not uh, not your title, but what you and Connor do. Oh, corporate drone. Corporate drone. As I said earlier, sites well set on senior corporate drone here in the next year or so, hopefully to make that step up, um, continue to achieve my dreams. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's just big stuff. Absolutely. Uh, And to be able to apply that that skill set, you know, in the fancy 
football setting, what more could you ask for? Absolutely. I mean, fantasy football being something that truly matters versus obviously corporate drone life, which is something that we just uh, we get through and we move on. So obviously being able to take the best of both worlds, we really have perfected what Absolutely. is we are going to title Big Data in Fantasy big Football data. Fight Club Week 6, The Great Convergence, yep. including yep. Big so I Data. Be, I think it'll be very interesting to watch that league average. You know, we're, we got a good sample size right now, almost halfway through the season with six weeks. I'll be curious to see if that 120 number hangs tight. Yeah. And that'll be a good reference for next year to see if if, if that continues to be the number of, yeah. of our average points scored in a week and see who at the end of the year finishes well above that, who finishes well below in terms of points allowed and kind of see how it all shakes out. It'll be interesting to track. And it's a good way to, I think, just evaluate a team. As we talk about record, you know, in the convergence, okay, everyone's three and three. We're all kind of in it. You can look at the numbers, and some teams are more in it than others. Yeah, that's really good stuff. I think that uh, for half PBR, if we were to put it at benchmark 120 and we stick to that for the next couple of years, that would be very, very interesting, Eric J. Great stuff. I'm going to give you a round of applause. Happy to do it. Yeah. Happy to do it. Love doing it. Good stuff. Well, that actually concludes all of the stuff that me and Eric J had to talk about. We've given you guys a solid hour plus couple of minutes. Eric J, I want to conclude our pod with a moment of uh, of FaceTime for you. Do you have anything that you'd like to say to the league? Anything that you'd like to announce in your in your personal well being, your life? Any marathon personal uh, world record breaking conquests? Any? Yeah, I don't know. I just um, want to give you some face no time. No conquest for your boy <laughs> other than myself and you conquering Diamondback, Ooh. Face Off, yes. Flight of Fear, all those good rides yeah, up absolutely. the King Island this past Sunday that we just took by storm. That was an excellent day. It was yeah. great to get out. Hadn't been there in a long time. Um, got our step count up. I mean, got the step count up. We made moves. We did drop tower. We were some of the only people. Shout yeah. out to Nicole as well, who hopped on that drop tower with us. So we were really the initiators there on getting into the drop tower. Love that that we were able to experience. I hadn't been on one of those in a long time, but a personal favorite of mine as a fan of heights. Also, full apology to all the other people at the. Uh, at the theme park yes. that we may have a, we, we do want to apologize yeah. openly and say we know that you guys waited for us that was your decision we respect that we respect your kindness me, okay you know oh, what gosh. I went off last here time I was on here here we just, go. I went off last time I was on here about something so I've got another hot topic that I can just fire off on as you bring up the drop tower oh, Lord. Yes, we made our group wait and the reason they waited so long was because of those mother effing fast passers who I, this is great this is great us off when we were well positioned we did the map big data we big looked at the numbers freaking data. we said 50 people can get on this ride at a time we looked at the people in front of us who said after two times we'll be on this ride yes. and we were correct in that analysis yes. until all of a sudden you got 10 to 15 fast pass assholes who <laughs> swoop right in and get on this ride and we're stuck and of course it's got to load you got all people and you know you miss a cycle on that drop tower and it's costly there's another 10 or 15 minutes that we had to wait because we missed that cycle yeah and i was just furious and is it just oh wait he, he's so it furious is class warfare it is class warfare it is rich people plotting against the poor and which is a lot of times minorities so you could say it's racist as well where they say, everyone's welcome at these parks they make tickets for well but then i can't get on because all these rich people paid a hundred dollars to cut every single line and it's like of course they can't even wait a second it's like you're in fast fast and you show up as soon as you walk to the gate everyone jam the ball in at once you can't even wait like how is that fair 
everyone should have equitable wait times at the parks. You want to get on there, get there early and get in line and wait like the freaking rest of us and experience some discipline and some patience in your life. It's unfair that rich people can just take all their money and cut all the line and just make our friends wait. So I'm furious about that. I want the fast passes out of there. I don't want them at King's Island. I want them at Cedar Point. I want them at Disney World. Equitable treatment at parks for everybody. Wow. Did you uh, did you hear that, Lee? Eric Johnson just uh, just let the world know what's up with the fast passes. Um, yeah, I mean, Eric, J., you're absolutely correct. We we were off. I mean, so legitimately, ten to eleven people did come on to the ride, and we were short by just I think it was like three people. Two or three people. I mean, we were right yeah, there. We were, right we were basically there. standing at the front, and and they 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 clipped us. So uh, now we're embarrassed. All of our friends are waiting on us. We've texted them, letting them know, hey, we're yeah. two rides away, and then the fast pass people come. I don't I don't feel as passionate about the fast pass as Eric J does, but I think Eric J makes some great points, and uh, and I wanted to say thank you for the big data on that as well, Eric J. Thank you so much. Absolutely, you can take big data anywhere, and you can use it to fight the man, fight the power against fast passes. <laughs> don't purchase them. Don't do them when you go to the park. Don't support this criminal activity. That's my challenge to the league. I love it. I love it. Here, you heard it here first. Uh, Eric J, do not buy fast passes at Kings Island or Theme Park in general. Uh, Eric J, love you again. Thanks for the time. It's been a good time. So, uh, shout love out you to too. you. Great pod. Great week. Shout out to everybody. Yeah. Loving the content. Shout Keep out to up, anybody everybody. overseas. Shout out to anybody overseas. Yep. Again, shout out to our overseas listeners. Um, I don't know if they do fast passes over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new. That's my new corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would also say for our overseas Class listeners, warfare. if you have any, uh, if you have any listeners in Japan. Uh, I know that Eric is very fond of Japan. If we could get yeah. some Japan listeners going, that would be great. Also referred to as Japan. Yes. Japan listeners Any. would be phenomenal. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. We're an international podcast. That's how we do. That's how we do. Worldwide, baby. All right. Love you, Eric Jim. We'll let you have the rest of the night. All See you, right. man. Later. See ya. Test, test. I know that my voice is good, but I want to make sure Eric's voice is good. Or not Eric's. Uh, Alex's voice. Alex, what are we drinking? I'm drinking on some Angel's Envy bourbon right now. Yeah. Would you, how would you rank Angel Envy bourbon uh, to the pod? Yeah, it's actually one of my favorites. It's really good. Um, something cool about it, they age it in uh, wine barrels, I think. Wow. Wine casks? I don't know. <laughs> they they're, age they're it. They age it different. That's so. good. That's good. Yeah, I love it. That's my uh, that's my warm up for your pod. If I'm, if I'm telling you the truth, it just tastes like bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> it tastes like really <laughs> smooth, good bourbon. Um, yeah. Okay, here, let me see if that's good. Well, now that the testing is perfect, Alex, we've got our bourbon glasses here with us, and I wanted to dive into the uh, the 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 infamous debacle that happened between you and Mark. I'm bringing in Officer Tizver here. Uh, uh, Tiz, how long have you been a a cop, an investigative to- cop? <laughs> Yeah, investi- investigative cop for um, about two years. <laughs> it, you did nail it right on the head. That is the actual term that we use on the streets. 
Yeah, no, we're, we're excited to have you on and we want to uh, we want to break it down. So we're going to go back into our transaction history here. Let me let me pull it up because it's a uh, it's it's a it's a ways away. Um, yeah, it was. See, here's the funny thing. That was like, what, three weeks ago? Exactly. And, and this is definitely concerning. This happened. I never would have thought we'd still be talking about this. But then when you brought up last week with Connor, and you guys were yeah. just smearing my name, smearing. and I was like, hold on, Wait, I didn't yeah. think this was a thing, and I'm getting thrown under the bus, I need to get on there and clear my name real quick. Yeah, so just to confirm, this is a cold case, it's officially three weeks old, we brought it, brought in, for those of you guys keeping score at home, keeping tallies, uh, we brought in Detective Officer Tisver to break down what, uh, what just happened between... Him and the likes of Mark, the the absolute crap show of the league right now. Can you walk me through what's happened between you and Mark? Uh, just to review at home again, the trade was Josh Gordon and James Conner for Sammy Watkins and Melvin Gordon. A.O. Tiz was letting go of bye-bye Sammy Watkins, bye-bye Melvin Gordon, and saying hello to Josh Gordon and James Conner, whereas Marcus Mark was saying hello to Melvin and Sammy and saying goodbye to Josh and James. Can you, can you one, let's just break it down before we actually see what happens with the details of the trade. I honestly saw it and I thought it was good for you. So I'm glad you said that. Um, because now being three weeks removed yeah, yeah. from it, boy, if I could go back and just keep that trade, Woo. I think I would be set for the rest of the uh-huh. year. Um, but I'd love to explain what happened. So okay, here we go. I was traveling, uh, as, as you may know, I was in Mexico that whole week leading up to the trade. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm removed yeah. from everything going on. Yeah. I'm kind of in my zone in Mexico. I'm not really paying attention to fantasy football. Um, I'm, I'm on my way home. Long day of traveling in the airport. You know, two airports, two flights. It's a long day. Right. And I think before I get on my second flight, I, I'm just sending in trades left and right. <laughs> I sent one. I th- I'm pretty sure I sent one to you. Um, oh, I don't yeah. know who all I involved. A lot of I had, like five, I had like five trades in okay. my transactions list. Okay. I was just trying to see. I don't know. I was just messing around. Like, what can we do? Yeah. So I sent one to uh, to Mark, the, the trade that you uh, that we all know and love now. Okay, yeah. The, the, the and, infamous great debacle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I sent him the trade. It's <laughs> his face. And, yeah. and I'm like, okay, cool, sweet. And then like, like maybe 10 minutes later... I'm like, no, you know what? I think I'm getting a little hasty. I'm just like sending trades for the fun of it. Maybe I should slow down. Okay. So I go, and I kid you not, God is my witness, I hit cancel on that trade. Hit At cancel. least I think I did. I intend, I clicked it. Maybe it didn't hit, go all the way through. I don't know. Okay. I intended on canceling that trade. You hit decline. So I hit decline. No, not decline, because I'm the one that sent it. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm yeah. the one that sent him the trade offer. Right. So here's what I think might have happened. Um, this was like right before I got on the plane. I decided, no, I'm going to cancel that offer Yeah. that I sent to him. So I, I hit cancel. So either I did not fully hit cancel Yeah. and I thought I did. That's option A. Yeah. Option B, I fully did my part and sleep rap messed up. We know the sleep rap. Yeah. have some glitches here sure. and there. Absolutely. Pretty possible. Yes. Third option is... I hit cancel at the same exact moment that Mark hit accept. <laughs> the same exact, yeah, I mean, obviously that's got to be the most logical decision here. Is obviously it could have happened. It could happen. So anyway, so here I am. I'm getting on a plane. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I think 
That's a good good decision. I was being hasty. I was just sending trades left and right for no reason. Yeah. I like my team, so that one didn't go through. I get on the plane. It's uh, you know two hours on the plane. I get off, and I first thing I do when I get to the airport, I open up the app. Naturally. And I look, Naturally. And I see two two empty slots in my starting lineup. I was like, oh frick, a trade went through. Which <laughs> trade was it? Because I you know I had like five right, in there, right. four in there. So I'm like, what trade was it? And now I see James Conner and Josh Gordon on my bench. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I freaked out because I didn't have any time to think, do I like this trade? All I was yeah. thinking about is I didn't want this to go through, and now right. it's through. Yeah. So I just jumped I jumped on the app. I messaged. I said, hey, this is what I wanted. Now, I will say Mark was really cool and, uh, you know, sending it back to me. He didn't have to do that. Right. I wish that he didn't do it now right, right. <laughs> <laughs> because that trade definitely was in my favor. Yeah. Okay. And so just a few details here. And then you, uh, so after, so post sending, landing, checking the app, trade goes through you because Mark was being so cool about it was like, yo, I'm going to give you five for the inconvenience. Yeah. So that's where the collusion part comes in. Yes. So here's, here's what I'm thinking is I don't want to be that guy that looks like he's just, you know, doing whatever he wants. The world is my oyster. I'm not taking anybody else into account. Sure. Um, I didn't want to look like I was trying to pull one over on Mark. Okay. Um, So I thought this is a goodwill gesture. Yeah. I'll send him $5. It'll smooth things over, and it'll maybe earn me some karma, and put me in the the good uh, good good graces of the fantasy football guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't know. I don't know. No, that's, uh, and that's of course. Of course, Connor said something last week that that's why he thinks I'm guilty. Is because if I wasn't guilty, if I didn't know I, if I knew I messed up, then I would send him that. If I didn't mess up, then I shouldn't need to send him anything. Yeah. So. So okay. So let's uh, let's let's uh, rehash a few details here. Important thing that I noted is that as soon as you landed after your flight, you checked the app, which I think is a very important process of being a fantasy owner in a league with as much uh, with as much a banter as ours gets. So I really do appreciate the immediate check of the phone. Kevin has told me a time or two that it's almost become habitual now for his thumb actually to make the motion to swipe to the second screen. There's my favorite app and we're into the mix. Oh gosh, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, I do want to note that, but I would say from officer Tisver's perspective, if you were completely removed from the situation and it was me and Mark, who would you find been guilty? I was in your shoes and Mark is still being Mark. Would you find me guilty of any collusion or would you say, absolutely not. This is a, this is a, this is a, this is a clean case. There's no need for further analysis here. Okay. So for it to be collusion, it has to have been a pre-established deal between me and Mark that, hey, we're going to set up this ruse that we're making a trade just so that like, – what what, the, what would that even look like? How would that conversation go? So, yeah, let's do this fake trade just so I can send you $5. So, so you agree that this did take place prior to the trade? No. <laughs> got to I'm not about this. If this is how it's going to go, sign me off. I don't need to be on here. No, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, it's funny. We, uh, I will say, I think that it is a, it's an act of good faith that was established in the league, which I, I think if you're not playing, see, this is the thing. Everything on this fantasy football league, Fight Club league, is enhanced by what a hundredfold would you say a thousandfold maybe yeah everything's yeah. a little bit intense you're right. so you're obviously going to take uh this this little collusion piece and blow it up and obviously this is the thing and that's what should happen 
I'm, right. You know what? That's fine. <laughs> That's how it should go. If it was anybody else, yeah. I'd be all about it. Right. And uh, I think that uh, I think that also the league saw. This is the thing. The backlash from this league is the most real thing I think I've ever dealt with in my life. Uh, This is on a personal level, but also even on a spiritual level. If you're not ready for the backlash of the league or if you're not anticipating it, honestly. So any of the trade, obviously the trade that I had with Evan, my goodness. Was I ready for that? Absolutely not. I mean, I can't Um, imagine being in your shoes. When I let go of Kamara, I mean. Did you deserve every bit of it? Absolutely. Yes. See, this is the yeah, thing. Yeah, And see, this is why it's so interesting because we <laughs> usually don't back, we don't go, we don't backtrack these things, right? And so this is me and you backtracking over three weeks. But you're right, we yeah. even backtracked with me and Evan. And the reality is, like in the moment, it's always fully deserved because it's just it's out there and it's content to be consumed. So that's what happens. But whenever you look back on it, the reality is that when we look back on me and Evan's trade, there's little pieces of it that are like. I mean, even Evan had to let go of Kamara just last week for his well, win. And so honestly, yeah. Here's the thing: is that you look back on that trade now, oh, yeah. and exactly, it's, really, it's kind of crazy how yes. even it is. And it? nobody would have ever thought that at the time. But you well, look at Cooper Cup being like number two receiver, yeah. number three receiver, and then um, Josh Jacobs has been great. Ever since you've gotten him. Yeah, and I guess likewise for your trade. As we look back on three weeks, it's just so funny to be on this side of it because I know there's so many trades, and I say this to the league in general because there's so many trades that don't go through that are worth noting. So many trades that were in the queue for you, in the queue for Kevin, in the queue for me that didn't happen, and they never make any headlines, which I wish I could make a segment of that on a different, like I guess, episode or something like that. But that is so intense. And this one, to have gone through so that we could see it, but it was one in the queue that we wouldn't have seen unless this debacle had happened. And we look at it now, and we would have said 100%, you would have been winning this trade, and Mark would have been... You know, it, it, it was before Melvin Gordon even took the field right. after um, becoming active. And, uh, yeah, I think just the name Melvin Gordon carried a lot of weight for me. And I, that's yeah. why I ended up declining or canceling that trade is I wanted to see what Melvin Gordon could be. And now, obviously, two weeks later, I'm getting uh, cold feet on Melvin Gordon for right. sure. Um, even <laughs> even this past week, if we want to talk about trade talks between yeah. me and you, yeah. I sent you uh, – I was offering up Melvin Gordon and DeAndre Hopkins yes. for, you know, and not for, for too much, I wouldn't think. Right. And uh, if that was at the beginning of the season, that would be blockbuster. And now no one wants anything to do with them. Exactly. So, like I told you, I'm kind of stuck with them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess uh, I would I would hope uh, this for you the same thing that uh, people – would say over digs is that maybe they blow up and for even a week gained back their, 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 I guess, uh, gravitas that they had at the beginning of the league. Yeah, because, good, good word. Yeah. Gravitas. It's a, it's a word that I picked up from Connor. Like what does it mean? A bunch. Uh, I think it just it means, means weight. It means weight. Uh, maybe gravitas. Uh, it, I would say it's, it's presence. Uh, as as DeAndre carries a presence about himself at the beginning of the yes. league, maybe he'll show a flash in these next couple of weeks yeah. of what he formerly would have brought to the room when he stepped into it. But now he's uh, he's lost a little bit of that. So but. it's tough, man. Because yeah, it's it's those names. You see him on your on your roster, right? And they put up those big projections from the sleeper app, and you expect great things, and then it never happens, right? So absolutely. What are you 
Yeah, and I guess to conclude our trade talks before we get into your matchup with what I think to be one of the matchups of the week, if not the matchup of the week, I do want to say, in good faith as we look through this, the backbone of our league is made up of some great fantasy football owners. So just to show that our league has a gentleman's code, if you will, for the $5 fab that you gave to Mark, it's just a gentleman move, and if anything, our analysis and investigation of this has proven that our league is uh, is a league on its own. It is a, a league a, above the rest, and that we have great character as well as great content in this league. So, just yeah. wanted to thank yeah, so Officer Taker for being a part that. of this. Yeah, going back to that, the, just the investigation as a whole, um, Officer <laughs> Tiz, I, I would declare that there's not. Not only is am I not guilty, there's not even probable cause for a charge. There's not even reasonable suspicion for a stop. There's there's nothing that if this was a call that came up on my dispatch, I wouldn't even go. I would just say, you know what, this isn't even worth my time. This is a gentleman giving a homeless man five dollars. I mean, come on. Exactly. Yeah, this is charity. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I love that. I love that. Uh, no dispatch here for Alex Tisver, but I will need your dispatch for this matchup that you got going up. Let me uh, yeah, let me I'm hear good. your thoughts on the <clears throat> on the matchup with the other 3-3 three and three team, Like Loves Lutz. I know that you Luke, l- you Luke like a lot. I Luke like. Yeah, you Luke like a lot, like and a lot. he's a good friend of yours. You guys would call yourself close friends. Um, yeah. What do you think going up against? Uh, what do you think going up against his matchup? He's expected to get Saquon back. Is the is the word yeah. on the on the on the street? And, that makes me really nervous. But what do you think about your lineup going up against his? It's funny. Every time I look at my lineup, even though I have no reason <laughs> to feel this way, I like it every week. I like it. Um, so last week they underperformed and I barely lost. Um, you could call that bad luck, or you could say I deserve to lose because um, Scruff McGruff didn't show up too much either. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was a battle uh, of lower average scoring for sure. Yeah, so it is what it is. Um, going into this week, though, um, I'm favored by, what, one point? Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be tight. But having Saquon back makes me nervous. I kind of wish I was playing Luke last week. I'm sorry, like. I wish I was playing against like last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be nice with Saquon on the bench. It always helps. Yeah, you would have looped to that a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I guess what y'all will say is that in your lineup, you've seen Patrick Mahomes be human the last couple of weeks. Also, Saquon being healthy is one thing, but him coming back from the injury and not having full-time gameplay, I would say it probably takes him maybe a quarter, quarter and a half to get his feet actually underneath him. I don't see him coming down, marching on the field, and scoring yeah. a touchdown. Otherwise, I mean, he is Saquon, so he can do whatever he wants, but I'm just saying yeah. you've you've got that – Going for you. Uh, do you have any buys, or does Luke have any buys? Yeah, I do thinking? have a big, actually my best player for this whole year. Well, second best behind Dalvin. Uh, okay. Godwin is on his buy, so that's a big hit. And I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm weak. I'm weak in the bench, so hmm. it's gonna be tough. I'm putting, I'm plugging in Mike Williams at the wide receiver too. Yeah, yeah. So okay. going down my going down my roster for this week, I got Dak Prescott, who um, he's been good. Every time I've played him, he's been not great. So I traded for him after week three. And this has been a theme for me this year. It's just terrible quarterback play. Hmm. So weeks one through three, I had Aaron Rodgers, and he did not post If I'm correct, he did not have a week above 20 points. Okay. I trade for uh, Dak, who went 44, 36, 28. My first week starting him, he has nine points. 
Yep. So that's rough. Yep. Then I sit him the next week and play uh, Jameis Winston instead, and then he puts up 30. Yep. So I miss out on that 30. Then I play him, and he scores 21. So it's just been I – can't, I can't get any luck with my quarterback play. That's, uh, so we'll see what he does. That's very. That's actually a very interesting investigation. Yeah. So do you plan? I guess you don't have to give away any of your. I guess strategies or anything. But Dak's gonna get the starting spot for your team this week. You're gonna try to trust him going up against Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think Philadelphia they they give up a lot of points in the passing game. Right. Um, I also don't have any other option. Um, okay. James Winston's on his bye. Okay. Obviously, you've had Dalvin Cook this whole entire season. He is uh, He's one of the rare running backs that actually is projected to get more than Saquon. I don't care where Saquon is in his life personally or athletically or professionally. For you to have an RB that's averaging or projected to have more points than him is, uh, is a really good thing. So Dalvin Cook, 19.67, and then you have Fournette, who's expected to go 20 points. That's insane. And he's playing against Cincinnati, and you got the likes of Detroit for Dalvin Cook. So, I mean, you've got great running back matchups. You don't – well, at least the league shouldn't su- suspect that you're going to be trading any of these pieces for, let's say, a secured wide receiver spot or a boomer bust guy down the road. So you're going to secure those two spots. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with my, with my, with my uh, running backs. Um, they're just solid, and I think yeah. they produce every week. So I, I might have two of the highest projected running backs of this uh, week seven. Yes, I think Alvin you. And Leonard Fournette. I think you absolutely do to make up for Godwin's absence. I think the real question. This is the real, realist question. Is yeah. that uh, is Ke- is D Hopkins going to outperform Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen, a guy who has underperformed in some rights, but he's still a star wide receiver, and there's no lack of gravitas, if you will, as we talked about earlier in his name, because he's still getting touchdowns and scoring points. Whereas D Hops, yeah. is this the game against Indianapolis where he comes alive? Yeah, my my confidence completely ends after my running backs <laughs> going down from D Hop, Mike Williams, Jared Cook, who I just picked up from you. Um, no confidence in whatsoever. Melvin Gordon could put up an egg. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so you know what? It is what it is. I got two good running backs. Hopefully they carry me. Okay, you've also got on your bench Frank Gore going up against a great matchup with Miami. Is there any chance that he makes his way into the flex spot in chance of Melvin Gordon? Or There is a chance. There's a, definitely a chance. I'm going to see what happens this week um, yeah. with projections and yeah. reading up on um, – on their uh, matchups and everything, and we'll see what I do. But I don't know. It's not likely just because I feel like I've invested a lot into Melvin Gordon at this point. (laughs) I'm just waiting for that one week for him to blow up. That's uh, that's literally exactly how I felt with Dalvin Cook. They ride you right into the ground, and hopefully they pick you back up at the end. Uh, They're sour, and they're sweet, kind of like Sour Patch Kids. But... Just for notes' sake, for those of you guys who are listening at home, Calvin Ridley and uh, Austin Hooper are both Atlanta Falcons guys that play on Likes' team, and they've both actually done a very good job of producing while still plugged in. And Luke being at 3-3, three and three, I mean, he's not crazy good or crazy bad, but it just goes to show that you can have a good tight end who's also taking receptions away from a wide receiver. And the other thing to note is that Matty Ice is being absolutely insane the last couple of weeks. So if you can find a hot quarterback, don't uh, don't sell yourself shy on not playing the wide receiver spot and the tight end spot in that slot. So Yeah, it's crazy to have a team like that where you have Julio Jones, like one of the best receivers in the league, right. but you're still getting production out of the wide receivers too and the tight end like yep. that we've seen. Out of Calvin Ridley and, and uh, Hooper, it's kind of nuts. Yeah, what I what I see also on uh, on his team as you look forward, I, I do think that um, 
that Fuller is a big boomer bust guy as he just had a boom against me two weeks ago. I don't think you should expect him to come alive just yet. And I think you can hope and pray that the Calvin Ridley, uh, Austin Hooper connection, one of them eats them alive. Typically it is Hooper that overproduces and Calvin Ridley takes the backseat. And if you could hope in that situation, so we've got a bust with Lutz, uh, or sorry, a bust with Fuller, and let's say a bust with Ridley, then if, I mean, Marvin Williams can get you eight plus, then you're feeling good there. And then if Melvin Gordon can honestly just scrape together 10 points, that gives you a little bit of hope moving forward and also I think gives you plus seven against Will Fuller unless he gets 35. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that could very well happen. I think the, the matchup is going to be really, it's going to come down to Hopkins and Fuller. They play on the same team and... I don't know. Hopkins gets a lot of the looks, but Fuller's got that huge boom potential. And if he goes off and Hopkins doesn't get any, you know, major points, then I think I'm screwed just with that. Those two players. Yeah, you've also got to hope that Mahomes stays human as he goes up against Denver, who does have a great pass oh, no, no. defense. But yeah, we want Mahomes to continue to just struggle. So it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be an intense matchup. The winner of this is not out of playoff contention by any means, but there is very very good playoff implications for the winner as they go four and three. It's just a sweet place to be. So it's so it's so tight right now with all those three and three teams that. You know, if you do lose one, you're not completely out of hope, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, another another few comments for you here, Tiz. Do, do, should we expect uh, – I guess first thing is the IR report came out. Will Disley is not looking good. How do you feel about losing him this week? Yeah, man. Um, that was tough. I was really excited to have him on my team, and I, I got one good week out of him, and then he got injured. Right. And I was like, man, that's sweet. I got a lot of good players. Um, Will Disley, number five, tight end, I think. Um, yeah. And that's just yeah, it's a big loss. So now I'm going to be scra- you know scraping the bottom of the barrel for tight ends the rest of the season because it's too late at this point and everyone's pretty much locked into their guy right. unless I can finagle a trade. Yeah, and that actually is a, a perfect segue into my next question. Should we expect a move from the Dalvin and Chipmunks organization this week prior to game time tomorrow or Sunday? More unexpectedly. Uh, no. I'm just going to ride my team right now, see what happens. I feel like, I don't know, I've made some good trades. Um, I feel like more often than not, trades just end up giving me a bad taste, and I wish I hadn't done them. Mm. Um, There's probably one trade that I did this year that I'm very proud of. That was the uh, Patrick Perryman trade. I got Dak and Leonard Fournette and got rid of uh, Chris Carson is great, but I was happy to get rid of Rodgers. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that Chris Carson and Fournette, if anything, I mean, with the great output that we saw from uh, Chris Carson last week and with the output from Fournette, I mean, it's uh, they they essentially have washed uh, more or less, I think, but um, I'm trying to find Fournette's outing, 16.8. Yeah, I don't know. I would, I'd say that there's... They're close, but then yeah, you're right. Aaron Rodgers over Dak Prescott. There's there's comparable numbers there for from week to week. It's Aaron Rodgers and it's Dak Prescott. I don't know Dallas. Their ability to throw this this season has been insane, and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, know. that's one. That was that was one of the better you know at least decent trades I made. But Ben, let me ask you a question. Yeah, bud. Um, I've just been curious about this, and I would love to see other people chime in on this as well. If you could trade. A team with one person. If you could take one other team, what would that team be? Uh, honestly, I thought about this a lot, and it's weird because I'm gonna 
going to answer your question with some external processing here. There's a lot of teams that I just can't trade with. For the longest time, weeks two through five, I was unable to trade with Patrick Perriman. I couldn't do it because our values, or at least the people that we were valuing, for example, we weren't willing to let buy low candidates be buy low. So it doesn't mean you can, so it doesn't allow you to sell them um, because you believe in them. You believe in their upside, so to speak. So you couldn't do that. Even another team that I couldn't trade with, uh, me and you found a trade for cook with fab, but likewise, me and you were holding on to the people who've been dragging us down for so long that it was so hard for us to part for them for less than draft value, if you will. So those were two teams that I was unable to trade with. I think that I appreciate that answer. I probably should have been more specific with my question. Um, what, and that's not your fault. No, uh, if you could is... take somebody's entire team oh. as your own, which what one team do you like the best? Man. Um, well, I uh, so my bread and butter is is running backs. I, I will live and die by the backs. Now, it is – Worth noting that last season, Antonio Brown was what brought me to the championship. There's no doubt about that. But I don't like riding the tide of wide receivers. I personally don't enjoy it. So my team is going to be a running back team. When I look at the top running back teams in our league, I see your league as the front runner with Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette. So uh, pat yourself on the back for that. With Melvin Gordon, with the upside, I do think it's good. He actually did just pat himself on the back for those listeners. Yeah, Um, I did pat myself on the back. (laughs) And then I I, I liked Evan Shacklett's team, who had the likes of David Johnson and also Alvin Kamara, trading that in for Ingram and – and Derrick Henry, I don't think is a bad move either. So I'm between your team and Shacklett's team, which is rough because you're three and three. He's two and four. I don't want Shacklett to be any better than two and four. I want him to stay in the trenches. But I do like the combination of David Johnson and Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry. That is insane. I was literally just looking at that team and. It is nuts, the running backs he has, and that is such a good anchor to have for your team. And you wouldn't think at 2-4 and four that you would have one of the best teams, but I look at it, and that is one of the probably the top two or three teams that I would trade with if I had to take somebody else's team. Right, exactly, and I do think that that comes down, obviously, to poor management overall because the 2-4 and four is obviously oh, it's, just— it's all it's all poor management. Absolutely. Every week, just poor management. Absolutely. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you if you if you look closer, I also like his wide receiver pieces with Tyreek Hill coming oh, off of Kansas City. Coming back? That's crazy. I'm getting that trade. And then I like uh I like Michael Gallup. I know that he has a love affair with uh yeah. with Michael Gallup, but it's uh I don't know, he didn't have a great outing last week, but he's shown potential and with Dak, your quarterback, being as good as he has been, or at least shown in weeks, it shows that he has the upside of not only Cooper, who's now hurt, which makes Gallup's value increase, but it shows that he has the ability to take off and it gives Gallup that high ceiling that you like to see in a wide receiver. So I just I just really like it all around and Prater having a great outing last week is worth noting. I just think it's got some good pieces, but don't tell Evan that I told you this, okay? No, I won't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so that's the yeah, breakdown. I look, I look at some of the Keep other going. teams on top. Like, I look at the top three teams, and when I compare – this is going to sound cocky, and I, I don't think I have a great <laughs> team. I'm three and three. Obviously, yeah. there's something wrong. But I wouldn't trade with any of them. If I look at the top three teams, I wow. like my team better, to be honest. A little bit of, a little bit of shade thrown out to the top contenders in Scruff McGruff and Alex Cook. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's – 
fantasy football, as you'll listen to this pod, we were talking about some of the numbers, some of the analytics. It is kind of crazy when you look at how they've broken down. But Scruff McGruff has been riding the tide of a a Matt Ryan great outing. Lev Bell has been a workhorse. Aaron Jones has good games, and he has bad games. A lot of times his good games has has led Scruff to victories. And then the wide receiver spot is empty. I guess T.Y. Hilton is all right. But Kelsey is a nice tight end spot as a solid rock for his team moving forward. So it's just – it's it's a it's a mix of you have some up and downs, but as long as you have people who are going to be consistent and have weeks like Matt Ryan's being, then it's hard for your team not to put up at least 110, 112 that puts you in contention to win games when someone doesn't show up, and that's how you get W's. And well, he's he's got the most points for, so obviously right. it's not a fluke, right? So, me and me and Eric J broke that down. Eric J brought in some big data, as you'll hear earlier in this yeah, podcast. So I'm excited. I'm excited to give that a listen later on. I'm he, sure it was great. He really does give it a, a solid breakdown. He gives it a, a the classic college try, and he succeeds with flying colors. So, it is it's fantastic. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I wanted to break down your matchup. I think we thoroughly did discuss that. I do think that it is one of the bigger matchups. The three and three team, you versus. Like and then also me versus Shacklet at two and four. We are battling right at the edge of disaster here. So the the loser of this one's really going to. It's just going to be rough, honestly. But I think you're going to win that one. Uh, I appreciate you telling me that. I feel I, I feel I feel good for your chances. Here's the thing, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, I think is going to be great. Yeah, and I think the big thing for me was how did you pick him up? What, what, did you just get him off the waivers? Yeah, I got him for zero dollars. Um, so what happened? That, that infuriates me. Yeah, there was a there was a there was a leak in practice news for Henry, and what it was was that I had um, I don't know. It was just a leak in the in the notifications, and so it came in, and I decided to click on it read through it. I was doing nothing at work and it talked about how, Hey, if Henry plays this week, there's a good chance he's going to get, if he does play, he could do well. So go ahead and pick him up for zero on Saturday night before everything goes down. And then when it does go down, if you have a spot, just store him on board. And then if it does go down and he's big, you won't have to pay $20 for him on fab next week. So it was, was, my team has taken a turn for the best last couple of weeks. I do have a bunch of favorable matchups. I hope. Yeah, you've turned it. You've really turned it around. Uh, well, I had to start from the bottom. It wasn't going to get any worse. That's for sure. So, that's, that's right. and and I had so a good. I you got Stephon Diggs on the bench after that great that great week. Yeah, it's interesting because there's so many pieces that I've liked. I don't know. He's going up against Detroit, which doesn't usually allow uh, allow their 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 passing game to flourish. But uh, what I've seen is that I've really liked Tevin Coleman, and he has continued to show why I think he's going to be the top back in the 49ers' backfield before it's all said and done. Hunter Henry picked up, like we said, Golden Tate is going to be a matchup. We'll see if Sterling Shepard looks to still be out next week, which means he gets a lot of targets against a terrible Arizona air defense. Larry Fitzgerald, I would like to see this guy explode, please. I would love to watch that game, Arizona versus New York Giants. I want Golden Tate scoring one touchdown, and then I want Aaron uh, – I want Fitzgerald scoring the other touchdown, and then I want it Golden Tate, and then I want Fitzgerald, and then I want yeah, <laughs> just course. just back and forth. So that matchup is going to be going down Sunday at 1. <laughs> if, uh, if I was watching it, that'd be fun. But the big piece here on my team was that I almost let go of Josh Jacobs because he was on the bye, and I thought that I needed someone to produce. And that's when Diggs came and said, hey, 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 brush your shoulders I was in, off. I was in here a little bit about that one. 
Yeah, I know. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people. I had a lot of people in there because I really was thinking I need to let him go. And I got lucky with Diggs coming out of the, uh, coming out of the woodworks to show me that he's a, he's a top tier talent. But I think that uh, having Josh in this lineup as to what it could have been had I traded him away is what's going to hopefully get me the victory. And also I got lucky with my matchups. I really have a lot of green matchups. So I hope to take down Kyler and the Commodores. You love to see it. You love to see that. Um, well, I, I do need some wide receiver help. So if you're, you know, you got things on your bench, I'm just saying. I'll, uh, <laughs> That's I'll great. I was actually going to say, I was like, Tiz, while you've got the pods here, is there any, uh, is there any team needs or team uh, announcements that you like to like to make? No, you know what? I'm just going to – I'm at the point where I'm just going to ride my team out. I think I have – it's either going to happen or it's not. I have good player team that are supposed to do well. And if they do well and if some of those players pick it up and have a good second half of the season, I could win the whole thing. If not, if D-Hop ends up you know, continuing to be a big dud, if right. Melvin Gordon never shows up, um, you know, it's not going to happen. But like I said earlier – it's a little late at this point for me to, you know, offload them from my team. I don't think anyone wants to take those uh, scrubs at this point. That's true. You just got to wait them out for their value to increase. I will say just a personal question in the uh, in the NFC division. Uh, how are you feeling about the Vikings? They haven't showed a lot of promise this season. I, 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 and I'm not attacking them because the Bears haven't been that great either. I just, I mean, obviously I'm hoping that the Vikings can't piece it together. But last week, Cousins showed that he could throw the ball still. Is that a, is that a, I mean, how are you feeling coming off that victory for the, for the Vikings? Yeah, I actually think that they're on the up and up. And I think, um, I don't think the Bears are a, a real contender in the NFC North. Listen, I appreciate, I really I appreciate you Their being direct. It's god awful. It Their defense is great, Listen. but. Yeah, they're not. They're not in. They're not a worry for me. The I, Packers somehow keep winning. Uh, they don't deserve to, but it keeps happening. I know. But I, I love my Vikings. I'm gonna ride with them the rest of my life. Uh, they're my boys, and they got great offensive weapons. I mean, if you think about having Diggs, Thielen, and Dalvin Cook on your team, you'd think that they. Get it together. Yeah, and they have. They've shown that they have. They can produce on a high level. So that's that is really yeah. good. I, you know, you're right. There's, there's the Bears have a long way to go. I don't like the way that we look. I'm being honest. If uh, if any Bears fans in England or in Ohio or wherever you're at, Illinois, whatever, Chicago, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I'm a Bears fan, ride or die, all day long. But we haven't looked good. And if you want to talk to me about it after, email me at ben.pompelli at gmail.com because we can talk about it. But um, I don't. Uh, yeah, for all of our all of our listeners out there that are really into the uh, the pump fake podcast, you know, over in wherever you're at, Europe. Uh, it's Crittenham. Uh, it's Crittenham. Thank you very shout much. Shout out to our listeners. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not excited about the Bears, but we'll we'll keep an eye on the NFC North matchup. I'm sure there'll be plenty of games that me and you are watching down the stretch for division matchups. No, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay, Tiz, love you. Um, this concludes our time. Thank you for your time. Bye, uh, also, thank Officer uh, and Investigator Alex Tizver while you're over at his house. And get investigative cop. Yeah, uh, if you could thank team. him whenever you get off the pod, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I appreciate it, Ben. Thanks, buddy. Love you, Tiz. See you, bud.